Welcome to The Old World Lives, a Warhammer Fantasy Battles podcast. You can find us on Facebook at The Old World Lives, on Instagram at The Old World Lives, and you can reach us by email at theoldworldlives at gmail.com. And now, on to the episode. Hello and welcome to episode 43 of The Old World Lives, a Warhammer podcast. I'm Chris, and uh, tonight I'm doing it in the right order, which is good. And with me tonight, I have Niklas. Hello, it's just the two of us. Yeah, as but there's, usual. there's two others, in the, or at least one other than me, later on in the episode in the main segment, which is about the Tamarcan uh, source book, or what do you call it, for 8th edition. Yeah, campaign book, or yeah. uh, uh, ancient relic artifact. Yeah, rare, <laughs> rare uh, treasure. Uh, yeah, it's really cool because they like they made it to be an artifact or look like an artifact, uh, and now it kind of is really hard to to come by. Yeah, at least uh, affordably, <laughs> as all uh, out of production uh, Fort World production are. Yeah, yeah. So that will be uh, me and Morden talking about that later on. That's a uh, good thing of being uh, like a big crew. Can just uh, yeah. pull people in that are available when others are stuck in. Uh, uh-huh. Lovely, lovely meetings that shouldn't yeah. take as long as they did, which is, uh, yeah, <laughs> fuck that shit. But I'm soon out. I'm soon out of that, and we're not going to talk about that anymore because that's just depressing. <laughs> um, yeah, but thought we'd give you guys a bit of an intro before that, uh, give you some updates, or any updates, and uh, just uh, talk about what we've been up to. Yes. So, uh, are there any updates, Chris? We're talking about this uh, last chance to buy stuff. Right? Yeah, that's uh, probably where we should start. Uh, Games Workshop has put all of the, uh, or not all of the, but uh, the older uh, Warhammer Underworld sets up for last chance to buy. And if you want them as characters for your army, or perhaps special set, not miniatures, you should probably snag them. Yeah, there's some great minis in those sets that can easily be used. Uh, Dark Elves, I've been looking at those. They're really good. And the uh, Ogre uh, Warband. That's like that Ogre Hunter in it. Yeah, and then you have the Skeleton Warband, which is a great set of uh, skeleton characters. So you just add characteristics to your unit of skeletons. You have a a Corn Warband. You have a Wild Hunt Warband, which could be perfect as Alter Kindred uh, models for your Woodle Farmy. There's uh, Slayers, there's more corn, there's some Skaven, there's a lot of giant orcs, goblins, an assortment of chaos, and uh, yeah, there's a lo- loads of and loads of great uh, character kits and. Uh, so we're also discussing like why they're removing these, and we're thinking that maybe they'll just like rebox them because that's still an active game. So it would be weird if you just yeah. like removed most of the kits. Yeah, but. On the other hand, they've been known to do that before, so we don't know. Maybe they're just out of stock in the main warehouse, we don't know. Yeah, that's true. But uh, if you want them, probably should get them sooner rather than later. And Or you might not get them at all, or you might get them in a half, like six months for th- three times the price, if you're unlucky. Yeah, uh, yeah but they're really good. Uh good sets so if you haven't seen them you never look at the like new games which stuff go have a look might pique your interest yeah as you mentioned the dark elves there's there's like a beast monster an assassin two witch elves and a snake lady 
Yeah. Uh, say Snake Lady because that's probably the one that's hardest to use in sixth edition at least. Yeah, she is like a well, they they got like a unit of that in Age of Sigmar, right? But she looks like a small Marathic, modern Marathic. Yeah, but if you look at almost any of the sets, they're just characters for every every army that you can imagine. Yeah. So I would mention that uh, that's probably all of the news, unless we're gonna talk about heresy, and we're not, but we are probably quite excited for the new box anyway. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we talked enough about that last time, I think. And it's yeah. like the yeah, I'm not gonna even say anything more. But it's coming out, so if you're interested in that, check that out. Uh, yeah, no news I... for the old world, though. Yeah, I think people were kind of expecting it to be shown something at Adepticon, but uh, yeah, no there's uh, not anything on the agenda for Warmerfest either. That's coming up. Uh, when this, at least when this episode is released, the coming weekend. <laughs> but there's going to be a roadmap for Warhammer Total War, you told me. Yeah, uh, on uh, Friday, which is a few days before this episode is released. So I guess everyone has been <laughs> has seen it by then. But uh, yeah, having a roadmap, uh, I know Nick does at least really wants that uh, massive uh, world map mode for it. Yeah, uh, I haven't even played any more Total War since we uh, we had a chat about it because uh, I don't know, just it's just very drawn out a bit. Just kind of waiting for uh, the big campaign to come out. And I know a lot of people that I spoke to uh, that had old games, and they're like, "Well, I'm not gonna get the new game until they have the like the big, the big world map because that's like that's the campaign you wanna you wanna play, right? The campaign you wanna plow like yeah hundreds of hours into." Yeah, but if you have like. You have to play, uh, as an example, if you have to play the Kislev campaign to unlock uh, Boris, in that case, uh, you probably want to, to replay it when the uh, main campaign hits, so to speak, when you can play it across the world instead of just uh, your little part of the world. Yeah, uh, you don't have to play the entire campaign, by the way, to get Boris. No, I know, like... but uh, if you wanted to restart and just play Boris from the start, I mean... Yeah, 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 just telling people like, oh, I'm not gonna play it because I have to play the whole campaign to get um, Boris. You don't have to. It only takes like I don't know, twenty turns, to, then you get that special mission. Yeah, and uh, if I remember what you did, you gave him his own uh, country, oh, and he just uh, did nothing for the yeah. game. <laughs> She's like taking all my resources from Prague, and I don't know, just yeah. useless, useless Boris and his sucking bodies just drinking in Prague. Yeah, there's a, the there's, a, there's a trend for leaders named Boris being a bit iffy. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I, I've just got to mention, I've recently replayed the, the uh, Empire Total War, just because, why not? And I played as Sweden, and uh, for some reason, Sweden managed to be quite a bit larger than it did in uh, real world. <laughs> Funny that the faction you were playing in the game. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's it. I usually play against Prussia or the Dutch. Sweden is quite easy once you take Norway, you got all the resources, then you build a fleet, then you conquer the entire of the, of the Caribbean and uh, the Central American. Yeah. Then you have the money to just uh, get like 30k a t- turn and just steamroll anyone. What could have been? Yeah. What could have been if Sweden had actually just invaded South America? Wait, what? That makes no sense. 
but uh, uh, yeah. find kind of depressing playing like that one and Napoleon, which are pretty similar, and like you seeing how good they are and not having like a bunch of stuff from those games in Warm Total War. Yeah. Like, we're going to come to that. The ship, the ship battles are amazing. <laughs> For its time, at least, the ship battles were amazing. Yeah, oh man. Imagine all the Man of War ships in Warm Total War. Yeah, that would be incredible. And maybe just uh, not have the Black Arcs then. Yeah. Oh, you got your two ship of the line. Yeah, I got this massive floating castle island that you can't uh, do anything to. Yeah. yeah, they're cool in the game, but yeah, yeah. I wish there were fleet bells. Um, yeah. yeah. Any other news? No, I don't think there's much news. Uh, not at least uh, relating to our part of the hobby. There's been no news about the old world. There's been. I'm actually well, surprised that we have so many news to report on, like every time we record, considering it's a getting out of date game with no, yeah. no concrete news. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that mostly this news segment is things to, that we look at and shoehorn into the <laughs> the world of expedition setting. But other than getting new models, great models, there's never a bad thing. Yeah. Speaking of great models, what's currently on your hobby table? Uh, well, some of the greatest models, dwarfs, metal dwarfs. Um, I'm currently painting my my bodyguard unit. I don't want to call them hammers because hammers didn't exist in the War of the Beard. But um, I got this unit of basically all animal guards, like the two guys on Animal of Doom. I got a bunch of those guys that I'm making into a unit of hammers. How many of them do you have? Not sixteen. Whoa! Yeah, but that's uh, that's gonna be one chunk of a unit. Yeah, I mean, I love these models. Uh, also, they were so cool. And uh, yeah, they just look really badass. Just like really chill. One of them is just like leaning on his hammer. Another one is just looking like a proper guard, standing like with his like, fist against his hip, holding his hammer. And also yeah. the, the helmets are like the best thing about them, like the, the visors so you can't see their eyes through. Yeah, I wish that look had been uh, like a revamped uh, metal hammer look for Sixten. Yeah, it would have been awesome. They would have looked the part of uh, King's Bodyguard. Then. Yeah, so uh, like in the War of the Beard list, like the one in Sixth uh, Edition, you can take a unit of Longbeards as bodyguards. So I'm gonna use these guys, and these happen to have hammers anyway, so I can still use them as hammers. Yeah, in modern day, I guess uh, they're just fiddly to uh, like to put next to each other though, because they're not supposed to be like a regiment. So like their their stance is very wide. I had yeah. to uh, like shift them out a bit. Yeah, that's uh, they're not as easily adaptable as the plastic skeletons I built either, where you could just slightly move a leg or slightly just remove a bit of cloth. Yeah, yeah, you start to put them like slightly rotated, slightly forward, slightly backwards, just try and make them not look too weird. So, better or worse than Slayers? Um, probably worse, I think, because Slayers. At least, like, you can see which way they're pointing out. Like, these all point the same way. And then you have to, like, find the one subtly different from the other one that I've mounted differently to fit next to another guy. Fair enough. So a bit like uh, the Chaos Wars that didn't rank up then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I know people that still have unbuilt Chaos Wars from that era, or slightly before 6th edition, that just, yeah, I'm never going to build these. They're going to live in a box for the rest of time. No one else is going to get them either. They just contract them so, up. That's why they always uh, stood like 45 degrees. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, those weren't 25s, which was even worse. <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah, going to so, be, um, be nice to see it all painted up when you have that massive unit. Yeah, I'm not that far off now. Uh, I just told you earlier I was highlighting the beards, which is a good one of the best parts of painting dwarfs. Um, I gotta highlight all the, the brown, and then uh, it's on to highlighting the metal, which is like the most time-consuming thing ever. It's gonna be even worse with these guys because they have like these scale chainmails that I'm gonna have to like individually highlight. It's gonna take ages, but hopefully yeah. it'll look cool when they're done. Yeah. And uh, it is a like a massive characterful unit that you're only gonna have one of, and you're never yeah. gonna build again. So. Well, that's how I painted most of my dwarf army, but it is uh, it is really rewarding, like really taking your time with uh, with the models. It's like uh, speed painting something. Yeah, sure, it's great for like getting ready for a tournament or whatever. But uh, and like you always tell yourself that like yeah, I'm gonna leave these tabletop ready and then I'm gonna go back to them later, which never really happens. Well, at least in case. So um, yeah, it's taking the time from the start. It's really nice and end. Speaking from experience, I know that going back and trying to update stuff usually just ends up spending like two or three times as long just getting those final details on on models that you upgrade, quote unquote. Yeah, and also just like getting back in the, in the, the same mindset, like what the hell did I do here? Uh, what was I going to do with this? Like what what color did I use there? What was I supposed to do here? It's just um, yeah, it's just way faster yeah. as well, doing it straight away. Yeah, and then you realize, oh, this color has been discontinued. There's no exact match in any paint line. Yeah, yeah. I uh, recently ordered like a paint. I I love this paint. It's a Vallejo Model Air uh, Desert Tan, uh, and I use it for loads of things. It's like this kind of brown beige color, perfect for dirt, perfect for horns or uh, like highlighting brown stuff. Uh, and then like they discontinued it, I think. But then. Like I searched for the same number from Vallejo and ordered like another one. It's called something else, and then it wasn't. It's kind of the same, but not the same. Um, and uh, then I like after ordering like four different paints, I finally found like the same same shade of desert tan. So great. Yeah, that's uh, always a lovely thing to do. Having to scour the internet for the exact shade of paint you need. Yeah. Also remind me to not buy any more games for Chopin. Fucking hell. I opened this uh, Everland Sunset that I've basically used for one other project before, maybe a year ago. And now it's just it's totally fucked. You can't use it. It's yeah, just like but super that, lumpy. Well, that almost had the same problem as the Corex White that just uh, dries up quickly and just becomes shock pretty much. Yeah. yeah I'm sticking with Vallejo in the future. Yeah. I like dropper bottles. The GW's bottles are special <laughs> yeah uh, yeah not even like not even the ones that i'm really nostalgic for are that great the octagonal ones yeah well the 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 bolt shell ones you mean like the really old ones or the because the octagonal ones with the screw tops were some of the worst bottles that was ever designed yes yeah, the ones after that uh, ah, so, so there's the snap top ones yeah yeah, I was hoping for that because the screw top ones, uh, I don't know how many I just shocked because I couldn't open them anymore, even though the paint was still good. Yeah, yeah, they, the paint just got stuck in the thread instantly. Yeah, and even if you just tried and just every time you cleaned the threads, they still gummed up and uh, pretty much glued them shut. Yeah, I'm trying to find a paint now in my desk full of paints. Lost forever. <laughs> Worst thing is, it's gold. Favorite color of dwarves. Yeah, too much of it, and they go mad. 
I'm gonna go mad soon. There is, isn't there in the Six Dead uh, rule book? No, not rule book. The army book, the first one in the lexicon for the dwarven language. Isn't there like a gold mad, like a word for that? Yes, I know there is. I don't know the word, but I know there is a word for it. God, where is it? Um, yeah, can help. Retributor Gold, where are you? Yeah. Do we have yeah. anything else to say? Maybe we should send them off. I go. Uh, actually, I have, as we've been talking about in the the previous intro that I was working on, I, I have finished uh, building and uh, mounting the uh, what they call the Black Knights on a on bases and all of that. Oh yeah. And I, I never ask you for your hobby stuff. No, that's you used to... no one does. No one does. <laughs> yeah, but you also like leave us hanging. Like, well, got this thing. Yeah, I got this I'm thing. I tell you. And uh, well, I started as people probably saw in the photos I posted on Instagram. Uh, I started painting uh, the first rank. I'm going for an aged uh, metal, uh, like aged steel, aged uh, bronze. And a purple look for them. Cloth. Lots of uh, Nikaela oxide. Yeah, I'm probably going to do something with the uh, turquoise paint instead. Because uh, I'm not sure I want to buy another bottle of that when it's finally <laughs> empty. Good choice. Yeah, then, then I can control the color a bit more than just having to rely on a product that may get discontinued or may just... Uh, not be able to be stocked in locally, so to speak, because I've been out of it for quite some time in uh, in town where I live. All right. So, uh, how many of those black knights do you have? I have uh, ten of them so far. Uh, might build more in later, but I think a solid unit of ten is good enough, actually. Yeah, you converted those, right? Yeah, they are death rattle skeleton bits on uh, the uh, black knight uh, horses and. Uh, well, the, I've used everything uh, but the arms and the heads from the Black Knights. So those, uh, but they, they, that's good because then they match, match the infantry I built from the Death Rattle skeleton kit. Yeah, that's nice. With those like Eastern looking helmets. Yeah, Eastern. Ex uh, exotic. I, well, exotic, quote unquote. It's more, they look a bit uh, other than just uh, Germanic or. As you can say, with the uh, pretty much empire but dead look that the sixth edition vampire comes had, or yeah. bats everywhere. Yeah, but that didn't uh, look good. I'm gonna paint them up hopefully sometime. I'm not gonna say for when, but uh, yeah, some point in time. Yeah, and I'm also currently building a base for something bigger, so we'll see when I preview that one for anyone. Other than myself. Mm, something bigger. To... Yeah, something bigger as in it's a 50 mil base. It's mm, uh, very interesting. Could it be a dragon? Yeah, well, you have to wait and see. Well, I've picked up the same uh, paint of pot like five times in a row. Like, Is this it? No. Is this it? No. <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling. I know that feeling. Yeah, but uh, with that, I'm just going to say that to someone that sent us a picture of a map that they're building on Twitter, I'm going to guess Albion. And this is the reply you're going to get on that, even though you, though you asked for it today. <laughs> but with that, let's just uh, pull off the band-aid and let people listen to the Tabrican bit of this episode. So 
for me. See you in the next episode. For Nicholas, see you in about a minute. Mangelman and Manflares. Mangelman and Manflares. Mangelman and Manflares. Hi, I'm Mangelman Flares, CEO and owner of Mangelman and Manflares. Thanks to shipping error, we're overstocked in manhides of all shapes and sizes. And I'm passing the savings on to you. Keep warm with a nice arm scarf. Decorate your ballroom with a set of nice buttocks. How about a full human carpet in the living room? Whatever your manhide needs may be, come on down to Mangelman and Manflares for great savings today. And welcome back! So, now it's time for the main segment. We're gonna go through... Tamurkan and the Throne of Chaos. And uh, it's me, Morten, still here, and Niklas. Hello. I was just gonna say, uh, welcome back to Don't Lose Your Owl. Oh, ho, ho, we're taking it over. <laughs> when the cat so... is away, the mouse dances on the table. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's just us, uh, but I think we are, I was going to say we are the Tamarcon experts, but I think it, m most of the guys have read Tamarcon. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I have Jens's copy of Tamarcon at the moment. Oh, okay. Um, so maybe he hasn't read it in a while. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this is a very exciting uh, topic because yes. uh, it's like the best thing that came out for uh, Fantasy in 8th edition. And the best thing that came out for fantasy in like the the whole decade yeah, of that era, like uh, definitely it's just super cool. Yeah, and I wish. I mean, I wonder, did they have more books planned? Uh, the guys yeah. at Forge World, I, could it? That's could the there thing. have been? Like, I, I think it's so sad oh. because I I think they did have it because I actually before this I just watched the there's like a an interview of uh, Alan Lai on uh, YouTube oh. where he's talking okay. about like oh yeah this is like the first uh, thing that we're making for Worm Fantasy. In like the same way they were making stuff for 40k, yeah. And it, like he was just so excited about it, and yeah. he's like, "Oh yeah!" And then we have the Monsters for Canem thing mm -hmm. coming out as well, <laughs> and there were like pretty solid rumors that they were making a, a a battle for Blackfire Pass book as well. Oh, so, with like um, pro pro proto Empire list or something. No, I think it was actually or? supposed to be like a, a modern battle for Blackfire oh, okay. Pass. Okay, okay, yeah. But it was it was supposed to like have a big focus on dwarfs as well, so. Really oh. sad that didn't happen. Yeah, because I remember at, as they were doing this re and releasing models, they did release. Portal had like a dwarf command set and a uh, orc command set also, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, that, uh, like night goblins as well. Yeah, that's uh, hmm. What were they meant for? Or I mean, meant to sell anyway. I, they were good models, but uh, I think I don't have it in the room at the moment. I just have the Tamarca book, but at the Monsters Arcanum book doesn't it have like a one on the on the back of it? Sort of like, oh, the first in a series or something. I think it has a one. I don't Which, know. Maybe I'm making up rumors now. Or maybe it just has a different <laughs> Warhammer symbol. I can't remember. Uh, but anyway, we're, we're going to go through this book. So it is, uh, it's basically a, a story in this book. And then you have a campaign system with a couple of special missions you can do. And then you have a bunch of new uh, units that they introduced with this book. Yeah. So first of all, you can sit back and relax and I'll take you through the story and then we tell, we'll talk, d yeah, give some uh, highlights about some cool units and stuff in the end, I think. And so spoiler alert, because I'm <laughs> going to go through the whole story. So I'm going to tell you how Tamarkan, how it ends. So if you don't want to hear that, you shouldn't listen to this episode. Um, yeah. Uh, just want to say like a preface to like this book. Mm. It's mostly it's like the the campaign, just reading the campaign. That is a cool thing, mm -hmm. and then like the the chaos dwarf army list. Yeah, that was the main main thing. Yeah, because like that was it's like a, a like a unusual as well. This force world made like a, an army list that was totally legit. Like every like you could use this at tournaments. You could use this anywhere. And uh, it's just a really cool way of releasing a new army. Yeah, 
I, I mean, I wasn't playing 8th edition at the time when this was released, but do you know if there were people bringing Chaos Dwarves to... Or yeah. were, I mean, and, and people didn't mind, like, oh, but that's a Forge World book, they're, they're not balanced with the rest, or do they have to... No, they were, they were totally legit. Okay, cool. Because otherwise, apart from them, it's just a bunch of uh, wacky, fun, extra units for Chaos and Empire. Yeah. But that's the whole... That's the, the main... Uh, that's like a whole army list, I guess, the Chaos Dwarf one. Yeah, uh, and we can yeah we can talk a bit about that uh, later. How it compares to previous editions of Chaos Dwarfs, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and worth worth <laughs> worth mentioning, uh, this book was released in two thousand and eleven, and it was written by Alan Bly and Rick Priestley. So that gives you an indication of the quality of the book. And uh, yeah, let's take it away. It, the story is uh, divided into six different chapters, and I will give you a little su- brief summary of all the. Of all the chapters so let's start with chapter one <laughs> this this story all began because there was a year where there was a surge of chaos energies you know what that does uh, it just triggers the northman crazy right you ah, let's go it's like when it's there's a football tournament or something and you know north <laughs> us, us yeah. northmen we go crazy paint ourselves and fight uh fight each other as well so a bunch of northmen are drawn to this place called kadatha which is a plateau in the kurgan lands and there, there lies the ancient city of San Bajin. Bajin. I, I will slaughter all these names, but they're made up. So who, who, who's going to tell me how they're pronounced? Don't you speak the dark tongue? <laughs> I, yes, but I cannot utter it on this show. So I will give you the, <laughs> the, the English version of the names. Not the San Bajin. <laughs> anyway, to this city. Uh, a bunch of champions were drawn there to fight because this was like a place to prove themselves. Like, I want to be the next ever chosen. Pick me, gods of chaos. Look what I can do. I have a double-headed axe. Super cool. Oh, that's cool, man. I got this tribal tattoo on my neck. Oh, pretty neat. So there's a bunch of warbands there fighting, but there's three main armies that are fighting to... To win this whole battle, sort of. So you have Haka, the Aceling, and he's fighting for corn. You have Sargoth Yurt Yurtsak. Yurtsak. <laughs> yeah, Jeez. such a Mongolian, <laughs> uh, I don't know, racist name. Uh, he's a horse <laughs> lord, uh, and he follows Slanesh. Yurtsak. But Sargoth sounds cool, so let's just call him Sargoth. And then you also have Yurak. Soulbane, the arch sor- sorcerer. So I bet he's following Siege, and al- although they don't say that in the book. So they're fighting, and it's like, oh, who's going to get the upper hand? Who's winning this battle? Then a fourth player enters the game. Here comes Tamarkan, the Maggot Lord. And if you didn't know already, Tamarkan is uh, dedicated to Nurgle, and he always rides his big-ass uh, toad dragon, Bubosis. And he is a maggot. Yes, yes. Spoiler alert in the spoiler alert. But yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll get to that almost now. Um, in this battle, well, when Tabrakan comes, uh, this guy, Urak, the arch sorcerer, he just flees the field. He's like, ah, I cannot win this anymore. But uh, Sargoth, he's a bit more uh, confident in himself because he's chosen by Slaanesh, right? So he challenges Tabrakan and jumps up on the, on the toad dragon. And quickly, he just pierces the heart of Tabrakan. So you think the story would end there, but then the true form of Tamarkan is revealed and he crawls out this weird looking maggot monster thing, like a, a demon, 
he crawls out of the body and then like something out of alien he just crawls into Sargoth's body so that's Tamarkan's thing basically that he can just eat into flesh and possess other bodies and take them over as if they were his own so from uh, from that moment he's in this Slanesh guy's body uh, he later well yeah then Haka the corn guy is killed and Tamarkan wins this big battle so th- those who were not killed a bunch of them well and didn't flee they uh, you know as chaos does they're like oh okay but this guy well he He's the strongest, so I guess we'll follow him for now. And Tabakan takes control of the Chaos Horde. But that's worth mentioning that they're not all dedicated to Nurgle, this huge horde that's following him. Of course, you have Tabakan's closest, and they are dedicated to Nurgle, and they look uh, equally corrupted. But you have a a bunch of people following different Chaos Gods that follow Tabakan, because, you know... Oh, this guy is big. Okay, wherever he goes, there's going to be a lot of pillaging and burning and uh, the eyes of all the gods of chaos will be on us. So let's follow him. So he moves out to this... Yeah, I was just uh, agreeing. (laughs) That's that's how chaos works. I I, I approve. I give my expert approval to your... Description of chaos words. You would follow Tamarkan. Well, obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to mess with that toad dragon. No, <laughs> he'll just eat you alive with his disgusting tongue. Um, but he does not go straight to the empire. He starts going uh, north, and then he meets up with the Dolgans, and they're a bunch. The they're empire. Tri- is this, is this his plan uh, to begin with, or you didn't mention the Empire before? Um, well, well, I will we'll get to that. But anyway, after this big battle, he, get, <laughs> he gets in an alliance with the Dolgans. And the Dolgans yeah. are another Chaos tribe that specialize in mammoths. So they tame mammoths. And mammoths are cool, so Tamarkans brings them with him. And they're led by Sa'il, the Faithless, uh, who has his own agenda. So he's this guy who's like, oh, well, I'll follow along as long as it's, it serves my goals, but I, I will stab you in the back when I get the chance. That's sort of his deal. But then uh, most of them are surprised because Tamarkan does not go south into the Empire. Because that is like, oh, well, oh, we're a chaos force, we're going to pillage. We will obviously go south through Kislev into the Empire. That's what we're always doing, right? But not Tamarkan. He goes first a bit north to the gallow tree where uh, a hag demon lives, who is a sort of oracle. And Tamarkan goes into the tree to consult her, to know how will I best uh, reach my goal and ascend the throne to chaos. So he basically has to do something really cool in the eyes of the chaos gods so they will, you know, exalt him. Um, and when he comes out from this, from this oracle, he has a plan. And his plan is to strike the empire from the south. So how do you do that? You would either have to take a bunch of ships and you would sail around Bretonia, right? Or the other option, which Tamakan goes for, is to go east and go around the, the huge mountains of Morn. So that's what he does. And then we enter chapter two. So they start heading east and they get to fight a bunch of savage orcs and some uh, hobgoblin tribes that ride on the, on the big steps there. And during yeah, this I've, tra- um, in uh, Total War Warhammer 3, I'm playing, mm-hmm. yeah. I kind of reached that place with Kissa, and it's just a hellhole. Kissa, oh. you're, you're looking over that desert or mm-hmm. the, the, the plains, the plains of shit, and then yeah. it's just like orcs, goblins, ogres, just the. And chaos. Yeah, it's nasty shit, shit you don't want to deal with. Like, I don't even want to claim that land. It's just like a vast <laughs> plain of shit. Yeah, and no good resources to use either, I bet. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's sort of the 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 big stretch that separates uh, well the west from the east with uh, where uh, Cathay lies. But during this trip, they're joined by a bunch of beastmen, so the horde grows, and then they come in contact with Cathay because uh, they find this jade tower, Ash Shair or something. Uh, that's that's sail that goes after that, right? Yes. Yeah. 
So the, this watchtower is there to watch over the Silk Road, which is an important trade route, and to protect it a bit. And then Sayul goes like, oh, I wonder what treasures the Easterners might have. Mm, what do they know about magic and stuff? So, yeah, he well, doesn't... A lot, he, he finds out. Yes, <laughs> he doesn't consult Tamarkan. He just goes there and brings the Beastmen with him, sends the Beastmen as cannon fodder. And it seems to be going well because they assault this tower and they go inside and kill a bunch of Githaeans. And then suddenly, you know, oh, these the walls come alive and you have uh, uh, some... Uh, guardians. Exactly, yeah. Um, and the Sayul and his mammoths, they're just outside watching. And then suddenly, I think even there's a wizard who calls down like a comet of Cassandora or something and just yeah. kills all the beasts. <laughs> uh, so he has to go back. Uh, Tamarkan is not happy with Sayul. That's also sort of a r- recurrent theme in this book. <laughs> Sayul <laughs> does something naughty and Tamarkan is pissed. But uh, <laughs> anyway, he gets, he gets to join it still. So they, they, uh, they start to cross the mountains and they enter the realms of the Sky Titans. And this, I think, is, this is also a very cool place, right? I mean, we don't know much about the Sky Titans. Uh, it's, I, guess... uh, I think it's like the, the giants that exist now are descended of them, but they're like way more stupid than yeah. the Sky Titans. Like yeah, exactly. They're like the, the inbred leftovers or something. Yes, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Skylines had like big, like massive structures. Yeah. Oh yeah, and the, the ogres killed them as well, right? Like, yeah, they, they, I, th- I think the ogres ate them. Yeah. <laughs> so they were, yeah, they so were a lot of meat on a Sky Titan. Definitely. I wonder if they had huge skyscrapers or what, whatever they had in there. <laughs> it's, it's a very, I just love how it's this mysterious, like oh, an ancient civilization. What could it have been? My favorite um, tidbit is the you know the the ogre the ogres have this uh, is it called a scrap launcher no what is it called they have a big ass cannon not the scrap launcher do you know what I'm talking about yeah I don't know the name I think it's like a rhinox that pulls it and it's a yeah. big cannon but the cannon is from the sky titans or something mm. it's got like this. Uh, design on it from from their civilizations they just stole it from there and they're using it as a as a cannon themselves so that yeah it's very cool i think so but yeah there's still giants living in this land and tamarkan thinks ah giants are good let's go capture some so he captures a hundred giants or so good to have terror is a sick rule need some giants (laughs) we're gonna need them to assault the cities of uh, of the empire later that's the plan but there also lives a bunch of ogres here, and as Tamarkan uh, moves along, yeah. Sorry, I, I just want to know, like, uh, did did he mention before, like, the, his like ultimate aim is the empire, or is that just? Yeah, I think that's always been. Well, he, I think he has maybe it's like at the height or something. At, yeah, at the gallows tree or something. But he he wants to ascend the throne of chaos and do something totally rad, dude. <laughs> So he sees a big city of the Empire with huge white walls, which turns out to be Nuln. So that's what he can see in his vision. And he just knows that he has to go there and destroy it. And if he does that, he will, he will please the Chaos Gods. So that is, that's his mission all along. So it's uh, the gods to tell him this, I guess, at the yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so at least that, that he thinks that's his mission anyway. But the gods really want to. Uh, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> um, but they they get some pro- trouble because they run into ogres because ogres live all over here and they have to go through this narrow pass which is controlled by the red fist tribe of ogres and uh, yeah, they they don't want to let them pass and that's the problem because even though Tamakon's horde is huge, this is sort of like three hundred. You know, you can't only take a few warriors at the time up there. And this is also fighting. a reoccurring theme to the story. Yeah, yeah, going into narrow, 
don't go into the narrow mountain passes. It's not good for your army. <laughs> um, so they're they're stuck there for a while because fighting ogres in close combat sucks, and the red fists are really terrible, uh, terrifying. I mean, so they take a huge toll on the chaos force until Tamagun is pissed and like, ah, oh, I'll deal with this myself. He goes up and has a, a duel with the tyrant that leads this tribe, and in this duel, Tamagun is completely smashed to bits. <laughs> but once again, his true form comes out and takes over the tyrant. <laughs> yeah, that's a really. I, think, I remember that bit being pretty nasty as well. Like, yeah, always when it just digs into their bodies and just. Yeah, that very nice fucking tyrant. Yeah, and you can see the the body starts to move and uh, yeah readjust like a possessed person or something. Um, and the ogres are not very smart, so many of them are like, oh, are you still our boss? Oh, okay, I guess we join you now. <laughs> so many of the ogres basically join Tavarkan after this, and he lures them into becoming uh, possessed by Nurgle also. He gives them rotten meat and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> so, uh, now, And this is the model, right? The yeah, model that, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Like the the toad rider is the mm. the ogre form. Yeah. Um, although in the book there are rules for Sargoth, the Slanesh guy, having him. We we can come to that later, but I think that's really cool. So um, let's move into chapter three. So they come out of the mountains of Morn and they enter the dark empire of Sar, where the chaos dwarves live. And this part is ruled by Lord Drassoth, the the Ashen. And he doesn't want yeah. to let anyone pass, right? So that's uh, is a, a point in, like where they enter the kingdom of Sar. Because mm-hmm. they they approach it from like the, the south, right? So they're by this it's called Dark Citadel. Yeah, I think it's the very yeah, the very south of the Chaos Dwarf Empire. Yeah. Anyway. So that's like a bit like its own kingdom, kinda. Oh, it's mm-hmm. like a, a, a big fortress. Mm. Um and uh, um, the the guard there are like the the infernal guard, and yeah. they are like the the chaos dwarves that are in this army list, and those are the models that they made. So they're not like regular chaos dwarf warriors. They're like this elite guard of the citadel. Ah, oh, yeah. So that so they're a bit unique in that sense. I think yeah. I think Manfred said sometime that they were they are sort of slaves in a way. Also, I mean that it's not good to be the infernal guard are really good warriors. But it's sort of like a shame, shameful thing to be entered there. Like a, it's a penalty thing. Mm. Uh, I can't remember, but it's something. There was something like that. But um, uh, but yeah, they they are the the guys who rule over this this place. And and this lord dude, he's a he's a wizard, and he's flying a big bale Taurus, which is a flying bull thing. Classic Chaos Wars. Yeah. <laughs> so he's blocking the way of the, the, the horde here coming because he, the Chaos Wars are not scared of anything. They're like, oh, there's a lot of them, but we have artillery and our Infernal Guard will we'll, we'll Massive them. amounts of slaves. Yeah, that as well. Yeah. So Tamarkan, he sends his expendables to soak up the fire, and then he sends his flyers to take out the artillery of the Chaos Dwarves. And in the end, the mammoths charge the line and break this stoic line of Chaos Warriors. Uh, chaos dwarfs. So, um, so the yeah, the chaos dwarfs retreat back into the black fortress. But uh, Tamarkan doesn't want to assault it because uh, <laughs> we'll lose a bunch of guys, and uh, maybe we can broker a deal here instead. Why are we fighting each other? There, we both have chaos in the name, right? <laughs> We're just different army lists. Um, so. Could we make some sort of deal? If you join me, you'll get shitload of slaves because that's what Chaos Dwarfs like. That's what their economy runs on, right? So we could go get you some juicy human slaves and you just need to give us some weapons and armor. Um, but yeah, 
uh, Dressoth is uh, hard to be convinced. He's like, mm, yes, but you will have to help us with a couple of things first. <laughs> you have to go buy me milk at the grocery store. Uh, <laughs> you have to go kill some black orcs that are bothering us. And then you also have to kill this dragon demigod thing, Ombra the Dread. <laughs> <laughs> you have to explain to the audience the the favorite picture from the book of this. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's so insane because uh, like, they're in the middle of a massive desert, and then like, you see this massive dragon that's just, like really stocky as well. Mm. And then you just like look at look at his feet, and you just, like you see ants, but they're like chaos warriors. And this thing is just like, insanely huge. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, and it's been bothering the chaos dwarfs for a long long time. So it's like, oh, we have to defeat her. Uh, I think I, she, I, the dragon I is like a death wizard also or something. I, I don't know how like it can like just be bothering the chaos warriors. It should be able to just like. Smash the citadel and just like one pass. Yeah, you but I think it it's your got, tail. Yeah, it's, uh, but it's got minions of it on. It's got some like there's a bunch of crypt ghouls I think following it. Yeah, and some weird worms, whatever they are, some other f- smaller flying dragon, which is like super crazy. cool. And like when I when I read that, I was just like, oh man, I wish I could just have like an army that's led by a fucking wizard dragon. Yeah, yeah that would be awesome. Um, and I think I don't think they kill her, but they you know after this titanic battle they. <laughs> They at least defeat her enough so she has to go and sleep again or something like that. <laughs> um, but the Chaos Dwarfs are happy, so they join us allies. They give some bunch of cool weapons and armor to the uh, Chaos Horde. They also have their awesome siege weapons, which will be good for bringing down Nuln and other places. And they also arm a bunch of sie- uh, giants into siege giants. Yeah, that's really cool. Mm. And so, the summer of 2510... The Chaos Horde enters the Border Princess. So I thought that was good because I was struggling to like, well, which year is this? How how does this relate? So, I mean, this is, well, the modern times of 8th edition in a way that Karl Franz is the emperor already yeah, yeah. when this happens. In a video when I watched uh, Alan Light, said it was like 10 years before the current time. Ah, okay. Yeah. So this a historical reenactment, but not that historical, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's not like playing uh, War of the Beard. It's... Uh... <laughs> But you don't have Archaeon here yet, as the Everchosen. This is like, Tamarkan yeah. could be the one uh, in this uh, story. So, and I also was wondering how that ties into, like, Gotrix and Felix and stuff like that. If uh, if there are any connections to other Warhammer lore, I don't know. I think it's pretty standalone. Yeah, um, because I guess, I guess this book was written after a lot of other things. So, n- the other Games Workshop main things don't talk about Tamarkan, because he wasn't thought of in that sense. But I think... I think there is parts in this book that talk about Nolden and that they had problems with uh, Skaven. And there's a lot mm. about that in, in, uh, in Gotrek and Felix. So, I don't know, maybe that's a... I don't, I'm not good enough on the lore to say, oh, this is a hint to this thing. Or, okay. It could be. But, I mean, um, there was just like a whole Skaven invasion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but anyway, they enter the Border Princess and they finally have stuff to despoil. So the Horde goes crazy and like, oh, let's burn and kill everything. Tamarkan can't control them. They're like, oh, well, we're going in the general direction I want to go, so uh, I guess uh, they'll get back. That's also just a thing like that they just enter the Word Princess because mm. uh, between the, the plains of Sar and uh, mm. the Word Princess is, of course, the World Edge Mountains. Mm. And they take the Mad Dog Pass, I think, because Maybe, uh, yeah. that's the thing. Like uh, uh, The reason why they have to go so far south is because uh, there aren't that many paths through the, the World Edge Mountains. That is true. Yeah. So you have like the uh, the in the very north you have like the high pass, which is like north of Kislev, and uh, that leads more to like the capital of the the Chaos Wars. 
And then yeah. you have uh, Skull Pass, I think. Uh, uh, Peak Pass is one, along with Karakadrin. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So that's like, and those uh, those passes are more watched by the dwarves. But I think uh, Mad Dog passes the dwarf holds there are pretty overrun, and there's oh, mostly yeah. greenskins there. And I think like in the book they say that like some greenskins are just watching them, but they don't really want to attack because the, nope. the horde is too big. Yeah, exactly. They're. <laughs> I think there's a couple of stray arrows that come every now and then, but nothing. Nothing major uh, yeah. in that pass, <laughs> but <laughs> yes. Uh, so um, there's, no, I mean, the border princes are led by all these different rulers, right? So no one can organize any good defense. Nothing can stop the chaos horde. Not even the like the ones who had a. There is an alliance called the Confederation of the Eagle, led by Leetpold the Black, and they were like the the ones who had the best odds, but they were still killed. Uh, Leetpold the Black bravely fled the battle. <laughs> <laughs> Is this famous or Im- infamous um, mercenary general? But he just he doesn't mind leaving his troops behind and just flees. Yeah, there's uh, like a, a rule that people don't like him, right? Yep, yep. I think yeah. he, I think he's in the border princess because he's been he's been doing bad shit before and the, he's basically exiled from the empire or something like that. <laughs> um, so the natural um, path to use would be to to go through Blackfire Pass, right? That's how you get into the empire from the south. But at yeah. this time, it's actually blocked off by a storm. And Tamarkan is pissed because, oh, how will I get in now? But then he learns of an alternate route he can use. And that is Winter's Teeth Path. That basically makes you enter the southwest corner of the Empire, if that makes sense. In this corner where the Empire meets the almost the forest of Athaloran. And then south of that, you have this mountain pass that you can go through. The Grey Mountains. Some, yes. And there are some um, dwarf holes here as well, but not in this exact pass, at least. Not any still occupied by dwarves, at least. Yeah, you have Karakirn there. Yeah, they must be close by. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, in the, like in the total war games, I know there's some holes there, but like <clears throat> I think there's some like pretty tiny holes. But like Karakirn is a pretty big hole, but it's not like in the direct path of this. Mm. No, exactly. Yeah, <clears throat> good. I, I feel uh, useful. I'm the like the, the the mountain range and dwarf hold. Yeah, yeah. N- knowledge here. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know? <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so we're in, we're going into chapter four. Uh, while they're crossing these mountains, however, they're suddenly harassed by night goblins because they live there and they're taking over these uh, some dwarf holds in the area. And they've set up a pass because set up a pass, set up an ambush in the pass. Um, because night goblins are smart, right? They won't attack anyone if they don't think they can win. And this is still a huge chaos horde moving through. But uh, the force has to move very st- in a stretched out manner when they pass, go in the pass, right? So they, it's a long line. And suddenly, a bunch of dwarf statues are toppled by the night goblins, which divides this line into different pockets. And then the pockets are attacked by the greenskins. And they have stone thralls, and they have squigs. There's even a mention of a giant squid that attacks the Chaos Dwarfs and Sayul. And uh, in this battle, Sayul has to overcast a spell to try to stop it. 
but he rolls a double six and miscasts. <laughs> so he is badly burned. But I think they, well, he still survives. And in the in the front of the horde, you have Tamarkan, and he is fighting off the uh, shaman leader who rides this giant pale spider. But he manages to scare it off in the end. He doesn't ta- he doesn't possess it, which would have been cool. And he's suddenly like this little <laughs> goblin. <laughs> uh, but uh, they go- they well, there's still many dead, and they've spent a lot of time to clear the road after this. So this was a big, um, yeah, uh, a bump in the road for Tamakan, basically. Yeah, they, so it's yeah. kind of cool when they describe the battle because there's like there's a lot of night goblins. You can yeah. imagine like if they only attack if they believe they can win, mm. and it's like a massive horde. Yeah. There have been have to be in like a lot of night goblins. I think like when they confront them, they're like just standing there, like mm. tens of thousands of night goblins at first before yeah, they like sound the charge. Yeah, yeah, because first they're they just see them every now and then and they they shoot arrows at them, but they just harass them and they can't really you know. No point pursuing them because they just go back into the caves. And then suddenly the ambush is sprung. They're, they're stuck because all of these boulders and statues have been toppled. And then you just have this huge line of, <laughs> of them look, staring at them. So yeah. no, that's cool. They, I think they were up to this point. They did more damage to the horde than, than even the ogres did before. And the chaos works. So yeah. They were a big, a big uh, problem for Tamaka. But he has finally entered the Empire of Man. And we're going to chapter 5. So they enter uh, Visenland and the former realms of Soland down in the south here. And uh, at this point they divide into three parts. I think it's Chaos Dwarfs go off on their own. The Dolgans with Sail go on their own. And then Tamarkan goes with his. But they, they say that, well, we will meet up at Nol, But we go around and we... Ra- uh, ravage the land for a while. They meet very little resistance because rumor of this horde has spread. So uh, people have either evacuated to Nolm or a few stoic defenders have been left to defend a watchtower or something. But they're all they're all obliterated. So no one. Really yeah, because stopped. like the lead called did he go to to Nolm as well? Did he join yeah, well, the emperor? He goes through Blackfire Pass and gets into Everland, and I think from there he is shipped off to Nolm. And, um, well, yeah, the, the Countess Emmanuel, who is the ruler of Nolm, she's a pretty fierce woman, and she, she doesn't like Leopold, so she has people torture him to like, oh, we have to know the, the truth, is this the truth behind it? And like, ah, yeah, I'm telling the truth! Ah, leave my nipples alone, goddammit! <laughs> Uh, but the problem is that everyone expects this horde to come through Blackfire Pass. So a few, uh, I mean, some empire leaders start to send their armies to Blackfire Pass to secure that. And then, but the horde is not there. The horde is moving up to Nolm from the south. So uh, that's also a, a problematic uh, thing for Nolm. Yeah, it's but, also like oh. this is the first time that you get like a different point of view. Um, yeah, the de- the defenders' point of view. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, the the main characters is Manuel. Leap called, and then uh, Emmanuel's like uh, champion, I guess. The guy running the, the griffin, demigriff, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Theodore Bruckner. Yeah. Uh, and then you also have Elspeth von Draken, who is an amethyst magisterix. She's a lord yeah. of death super wizard. That is like in, in the court of Countess Emmanuel, in a way. Flying a dragon. Yeah, not Carmine just any dragon. dragon. Yeah. Fucking Carmine dragon. She's super cool. She's uh, because I mean, yeah, Countess Emanuel is cool in her own right, but she's she doesn't join the battle in that sense. I guess she plans the defense, but uh, Elspeth is uh, really heavy metal, heavy metal yeah. chick. It's like the only Emperor model on a dragon since yeah, like that fifth edition, well. I guess. Yeah, and a beautiful model at that. Yeah, is that the Carmine dragon you have? 
Didn't you have a Chrono Trigger? Yes, Tiger? but uh, it doesn't come with the saddle. Uh, oh, so is it the sa- so you could buy it with or without the saddle and her? Yeah. Oh, okay. But it is the same dragon, regardless. Yes. Okay, cool. Did you put a Chaos dude on it? Or a Dark what? Elf. Dark Elf, yeah, that's what you do. Very nice. Very it's nice. actually uh, it's actually a Dark Eldar it's a Vect, Vect model. Oh, awesome. <laughs> But did you have you painted that already? I can't remember if I've seen it painted. No. Okay, it's, good, good. It's been standing here on my desk like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll paint this. And then it's been standing like staring at me for months now. Mm. So, uh, how, how, tall, how tall is it, that dragon? Well, it is... Um, 10 centimeters? What, 15? What can, I, what can I use? Like two coffee cups? Oh, two coffee cups tall. Pretty, I don't know. Pretty big. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty cool. Mm. Like a 15 centimeter maybe? Yeah. Maybe a bit more. 20. A good, a good uh, counterpiece to Tamarkan on his toe dragon. If you're reenacting this, uh, the battle yeah. to come. Um, but then you have, we come to the battle of the Pale City, which mm, turns off, turns out, is not known. It's actually Fildorf, but the Chaos Horde doesn't know that, so they're like, "Finally, we're here. Yeah. Is, I'm gonna ascend the throne of Chaos." And it's, uh, it's written in a really cool way because, like, you're led to believe as the reader that this is known. Yeah. It's just going like super easy and like, what the fuck? <laughs> and, but this is the first time they actually meet a decent defense because the defenders are still at Fildorf. Uh, I think they were demanded by Emmanuel to, to delay the Horde of Chaos in a way. But they make a mistake in a way because I think they, yeah, they deploy their forces just outside the city wall, which sounds good, right? Because like you, would ha- you have the thrones. Exactly. You have the, you have the cannons on top and stuff and you have the, uh, yeah, the foot soldiers standing outside. So you would expect the enemy to come to you. You hold them off with your spears and then suddenly at the same time, they're blasted from the walls. However, they did not count on the chaos dwarfs, which completely outgunned the empire. So they're just standing there by the wall, and suddenly they they're like, "Oh, here come the savages from the north," you know. But she they start like this uh, this old veteran just goes like, mm. "I know the chaos roster. They don't <laughs> have any range. They no. only have uh, throwing axe cavalry at the best." <laughs> exactly, and they can't reach this far. And then, <laughs> commander, what's that in the sky? <laughs> <laughs> That's a dreadquake mortar. So uh, yeah, they're they're blown to pieces. They're standing outside the wall and they're blown to pieces by the by the chaos dwarfs. And the city is easily conquered. And I think everyone inside is either you know sacrificed. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> um, but this wasn't null. Null is second only to Altdorf, really in size. It's uh, it's a huge city. And as we talked about, it's ruled by the Countess Emanuel von Liebwitz. And they have heard of these, of the, of these rumors of, uh, by Leitbold. So they're still preparing for them to come. And now they hear the, the news of Fildorf getting destroyed, which is not good. Uh, Tamakan has a problem, though, because his horde is angry. Because they've been like, what? This is not what you... <laughs> what the hell, man? You promised us this would be the glory. And it's like, oh, I took the wrong <laughs> city. Whoops. <laughs> And you know, oh, he's obviously not in favor with the Chaos Gods anymore. Mm, we should follow someone else. Gunther, yes, we should. Um, so the forces start to be a bit divided, and Tamarkan is like, oh, I have to do something. I'm going to start this huge offering ritual to Nurgle. Let's take a, a bunch of captives and sacrifice them and do a nasty pit of poo. Feed them to the maggots. Yes. And in this ritual, suddenly, an assassin shows up. And... Well, assaults Tamarkan and kills a bunch of bile trolls and stuff. 
and tries to assassinate Tamakan, but he fails. Close, but he fails. And then I think the Tamakan, no, the, yeah, the the assassin, the bodies turn to dust, and even the soul is burnt out or something. So it's like, damn it, there's nothing we can, uh, you know, question. We couldn't even Tamakan's shamans couldn't even capture the soul to hold it accountable for trying to kill him. So someone clever set up this assassin to leave no trace. And we don't know if this assassin comes from the Empire or from uh, an enemy Chaos Lord or something like that. A rival in the Chaos Force. We don't know. I think the artwork is... It does sound like Chaos a lot. But I think the artwork in the book looks a bit uh, like a wood elf. And I wouldn't mind because they're not far from Athalorn. I just think that would be a a cool thing if they suddenly try to interact here. A tree. Tree yeah, the yeah, that's true. <laughs> there was a branch blocking the way. Oh, no. Um, but Tamarkan survives, and as he emerges from this assassination attempt, he's, of course, blessed, you know, by... Oh, whoa, he survived this. Great. He's still blessed by Nurgle. Okay, he's ready for his throne. Uh, let's do it. So, in, in a way, the assassin just helped to unify the, the force again. Entering chapter six. So, the last chapter of the book, and this is the Battle of Null. Finally. This takes up quite a big uh, part of the book. So I'm going to start by explaining a bit, uh, the battlefield. So Nuln is situated where two rivers meet. It's the river Aver and the Upper Reich River. So they come together and you have a bunch of bridges and stuff. But since, I mean, Emmanuel has learned of Fildorf and that didn't go well. So she doesn't want to deploy her troops as close to the, to the <laughs> city. Well, no, the exactly. City walls. Exactly. So... South of where these two rivers meet, or well, maybe south. Uh, yeah, no, that's true. There's there's the compass. It's directly south of the city. You have this uh, a bit of a raised area uh, next to the river um, where you have, yeah, a couple of hills where they, the empire deploys. Because, yeah, behind these hills, you have a more of a swampy terrain, which the chaos force will have to go through. And uh, we will talk about this battlefield, and we will refer to it from the... the the left, the left or the west side, and then you have the, the right east side, basically, uh, that the Chaos Force will assault. On the other side, I should say, maybe also of the Upper Reich, which is on the left, you have the Monastery of the Black Lilies, which will be important in the end of the story. And you have a bunch of different levies in here. What is a levy? That is like a, a that's what they have in the Netherlands, right? To it's like when you build a dam or something to keep out the water, I think. Hmm. A raised, I think it's a raised area. But no, uh, I'll yeah, try I, to... I assume like a, a levy as a conscript. Yeah, but I think it's something else as well. Uh, it's got something to do that. There's a, there's a, um, uh, uh, what are they called? A Led Zeppelin song, right? When the levy breaks. Hmm. Ah. <laughs> Dutch people write us. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, why don't you know this? <laughs> Um, so, uh, to explain the battle line, you have Tamarkan, right? And his loyal Nurgle followers. They make up the center of the Chaos Horde. And he has got a bunch of demon allies in there. He's got his Rot Knights, which are basically cooler Chaos Knights. You have Bile Trolls, you have Spawns, and you have a bunch of Ogres who are turned to Nurgle there. And they, they are surrounded by the rest of the Chaos Horde, which are just hundreds of different warbands in, in various, you know, sizes from big to, to small. You have, and, and as I said in the beginning, they follow all the different gods of Chaos, right? Then you have the Bray Herd is there, you have all the Beastmen. You have siege giants and all kinds of nasty things. The left flank, so closest to the Upper Reich River, you have the Dolgans with their mammoths, and you have Sail who leads them, and then you have the Kurgans, and Kurgans are just, you know, chaos guys riding horses, basically. 
and a bunch of Chaos Knights and such. And at, at this point in the story, they still have 12 mammoths left with them. Damn. They, they are sort of their own army, in a way. And then between these huge forces, you also have the Chaos Dwarves. And uh, they are a bit more careful than everyone else. They have even left a reserve garrison because they expect, like, well, maybe we'll have to pull back. We might not win this. <clears throat> and in that case, it would be good to cover a retreat. So they're the only ones thinking that we might not win this. Isn't uh, it also like a, a thing that the... <clears throat> <clears throat> sorry the the chaos dwarves like took a lot of time getting there because they were all just like going after slaves in the yes. different towns around yeah they did well. they, they did so tamakan is pissed as as usual They're like ah oh, come on <laughs> hurry up but they are there they're here for the final battle and the very the very east <clears throat> is not um explained much the, the east of the the chaos force is made off by the monstrous host i guess all kinds of terrible things are over there so if you look at the defenders instead, uh, their plan was to make a deep defense line in front of Null to prevent the city being shot to bits by these uh, Chaos Dwarf guns and to also have several fallback positions so they can go back and cover each other with fire and such. Um, they also have a plan to try to destroy the enemy artillery. So they set up this force of a thousand knights plus a bunch of pistoliers and free riders and they're led by Leithpol the Black. And they are on the western flank. So they're facing off with the Dolgans and the Kurgans, right? So they want to break through the, the Chaos Lines and go and destroy the artillery. It's just a good plan. The main line of the Empire is made of, of all these state troops, you know. As you know from the game, we have halberdiers <laughs> and spearmen and all that things. You also have a bunch of cannon batteries that they pulled from the walls then of the city to have it further out. Uh, and they're on these raised banks where the two rivers meet. So in front, they're hoping for this killing ground in the boggy terrain in front of it. The Chaos guys will have to charge through it. It'll be hard for them to go through and then you can just shoot them down. The Empire lines are also bolstered by a bunch of flagellants and wizards and a couple of Marienburg landships. So oh, yeah. what do you know fun. about what do you know about the Marienburg landship, Niklas? So Marienburg, as we mm -hmm. know, bought its freedom from the Empire. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're like a very wealthy merchant. Uh, they are the they are the town. Dutch of the Empire world, right? Yes, they have like Dutch or, names or as well, or the old world. Um, so they wanted some steam tanks that the Empire has, but the Empire can't just like give them steam tanks. I think there's only like a couple of steam tanks in existence that ah, the yeah. my uh, name. Uh, basically, Leonardo da Vinci made. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they probably built in Nuln, right? I think because Nuln is the best engineer. <clears throat> mm, I think he was from Miragliano, something. That is but, true. Or, or maybe he lived in Empire and made him. Anyway, mm -hmm. uh, Marienburg wanted some steam tank stuff, and then uh, they like commissioned some from Nuln. <clears throat> and the Nuln engineers were like, "Well, yeah, sure, we're totally making. We, we're getting a lot of money." Uh, for making some steam tanks for Marienburg, and then like, well, shit, we can't make engines small enough to fit into a steam tank. Like, how did he do it? And then they were like, well, we're just gonna have to make something big. And Marienburg is a port city, right? So they probably love boats. So they come up with this idea to make big boats with wheels and like big steam engines. And one of them was like, this is ridiculous. They're not gonna accept this. This is, this is totally crazy. And then the Marienburgers arrive, and they're like. I love this. It's a boat <laughs> on wheels. Uh, it, oh. And then, like, how they ended up selling gnomes because they were still working on them. Mm. And then uh, they asked the Marienburgers, so, like, well, we're being attacked and we have to use these weapons that we built. Mm. And the Marienburgers were like, yeah, sure. You're going to have to pay us double back that we paid you. Yeah. Like, God damn it. You, you can rent them from us <laughs> at <Yeah>. a cost. <laughs> oh, it's so smart. <laughs> 
And they they must be also one of the coolest models that Fortwell ever made. The, yeah. That they actually made this model is just ridiculous, but it's wonderful. It's so it's so uh, the Warhammer world. <laughs> yeah, it's very a very rare model as well. Like when you see mm. an actual landship, like holy shit, it's a landship. Have you, have you seen one live? Or I've never seen one. I I don't know. Maybe I, would, I saw one when I didn't really care that much about him. I would love getting my hands on one, though. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, sell your child, Martin. Yes, yeah. I can make more. Um, <laughs> can they're, they're, make more land ships. No, exactly. They're out of production. Uh, they're on the Empire side, and the Empire side also has Elspeth, uh, Elspeth on her uh, dragon. You have Theodore Bruckner, the Countess Champion, and he has been given a special talisman to protect him from Elspeth. Um, and his mission is, of course, to seek out Tamarkan and slay him in single combat. Great plan uh, for us knowing Tamarkan. Uh, so, go the out there. Do you, do you see that giant possessed ogre riding a toad dragon? Hmm. Yeah, go, go kill him. Okay. <laughs> that is my job. <laughs> I hate my job. So, uh, the, the battle begins. And the Empire starts shelling the enemies, and they kill loads and loads of Chaos dudes, but uh, more keep coming all the time. On the extreme western flank, by the river, you have a, uh, an area called Asher's Levy, and that is quickly overwhelmed by Sa'il, his Dolgans, and the Kurgans, despite a valiant countercharge by the knights there. But, uh, you know, no, that, that line is just destroyed. They just... You have this empire line, you know, with spearmen and everything, and they shoot and shoot at these riders. Then you have this crazy, it's like, yeah, I guess, the Dothraki in Game of Thrones. They just come, overwhelm them, just ride all over them. And you have mammoths also, so hard to stand <laughs> up against that. So the, the, at this point, very quickly, the, the west flank of the empire is, uh, is overrun by chaos. In the center of the, the line, uh, the empire line is hit by a huge fireball, which has been shot by an equally huge chaos dwarf gun. And they're like, oh shit, the f here are the enemy artillery that we've heard about. So this artillery duel starts, where the Empire, they're faster at reloading and they have more cannons. They do take quite a toll on the Chaos Dwarves here, but the Chaos Dwarves have more more power in their guns, basically. So it's a, it's a pretty even fight. <clears throat> Also, also, like some really cool artwork from like, when they're explaining yeah, that it's like a line of massive chaos dwarf motors lobbing are... shells on each other. Yeah, uh, and the lines. So the line starts to close. Uh, Empire they let loose a bunch of crossbows, uh, crossbow arrows, and um, and handgunners starts to shoot, and they of course thin the ranks. And they're getting closer and closer. In the sky, I think this is awesome, there's another battle that has begun. And that is between Orbal Vipergut, who's riding his Chaos Dragon. He's one of these dudes who's also mentioned for the Chaos Force. I just love it. I think he's so cool. Uh, he's there with demons that are flying. And uh, you have harpies and you have manticores. And they come up against a bunch of griffins from the Empire side. And a trinity of fire wizards mounted on a burning wheel of fire and iron like, <laughs> how the fuck does that look i don't know <laughs> it's such a cool oh my... it sounds like a, a like a dio song yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> we're a fire and iron in the sky <laughs> oh such a cool visual of them fighting in the sky there's so many it's such a yeah, a, a big battle. So the first ones to reach uh, the Empire Lines here are uh, Kaizk and his Rot Knights. Uh, they charge the lines, but the Empire is very cunning. And suddenly 
the, these lines of uh, spearmen, they retreat and they show three Hellblasters suddenly that stay there. And they start to just uh, shoot at the Chaos Knights, these Rot Knights, and they slay a lot of them. But a few still make it to the lines and they cause havoc because they're so OP. Oh my god. Mm -hmm. But in the end, they are pushed back by the Countess, her own special ex Wecker, Exchequer Guard, Greatswords, Exchequer. I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but it's, I guess, her personal guard of Greatswords. And I like that. That's great with these books because you get so much inspiration of, like, uh, I think they're described, I can't remember if they're, they're wearing just white and black or something, but you have a bunch of small little companies that are described in detail and you just get a little, you just get a little tidbit of, like, oh, I want to know about, more about this regiment. What are, what's their deal? Or, you know, maybe... Maybe someone gets to convert a trio of fire wizards on a wheel of fire and iron. <laughs> I, I would be up for that. I think that's awesome. So, um, the Rot Knights are pushed back. You also have a, an Arch Lector. The, well, the Arch Lector of Nold is there with his Fladdens. So they push them back. But then the main line of Tamakon's Horde hits them. And you have this huge attrition uh, warfare going on. Well, the battle. It's a, it's a bloody mess, to be, to be short. <laughs> We come to the Battle of the Crows Levy, which is also on the left, but not as far left or as far west as Asher's Levy. So where the Kurgans and Sayul, they just destroy the west flank, and now they are in position where they could just charge the flank of the entire Empire army, right? They could just start riding through the flank, and that would be devastating, because they could... They could destroy all the artillery up until the center from where they're at. Yeah. But they are uh, delayed because they're suddenly attacked by floating armored pontoons on the river that have mortars <laughs> and stuff on them that just yes. come floating and start shooting at them. And they're like, oh, you know, the, the, the riders and, and their horses get scared by the mortars. And they're sent by the river wardenry. It's also a cool little force that you could make. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... Uh... The rivers are a huge deal in uh, in Warhammer, yeah. like, especially in the uh, the role playing books. They're discussed a lot. Okay, uh, because that's how you get how you move through the land, yeah. or yeah, I mean the basically the highways of the, the empire. Yeah. and yeah. like like you can be a river warden, and there's like loads of professions like being on the water. Yeah, aren't they? They're, they're in the the heraldry book, right? With the uniforms yeah. from heraldry. I think I've seen that. Oh, that's nice. Here, here comes the river police. <laughs> <laughs> Coast Guard is here. Pull over, sail. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, well, this at least is enough of a delay for Sail that the Empire, they have time to form new ranks and protect this flank. And that happens at the Crow's Levy. So when Sail attacks that, it's now well defended. And there you have Jubal Falk and the Null Ironsides. And they're a special regiment of handgunners that have heavy armor. They're pretty tough, and uh, they they basically yeah well they shoot Sayul for for example he's shot and you don't hear more about him and uh, the Kurgan start to waver because they're shot to pieces almost here and what could be worse than that well suddenly Orbal Vipergut you know the the cool chaos dude riding a chaos dragon he's killed and he hits the ground because he's been killed by Elspeth in the air because she suddenly appears on herd. Uh, carmine dragon and starts to blast the kurgans with some death rays of i don't know what it, it doesn't shoot fire right what does the carmine dragon shoot death rays lasers uh, i don't know like doesn't it breathe breathe fire uh, maybe i think it just says a blast of 
dark energy or something. But maybe it's because she's a wizard of death or something. Oh yeah, I, I think like the Cormorant dragons are like a bit of like death they... magic infused, right? Yeah, it's something like that. Uh, anyway, this sight of her and her dragon is enough to make the Kurgans flee. So they save it. They basically save the Crow's Levy and the left flank is now protected. Nice. Um, meanwhile, when as the lines are now locked in this very confused battle where you can't really tell, well, where, where do we start and where did the enemy start? The Chaos Dwarfs can no longer shoot into battle. Well, they could, but they don't want to uh, risk hitting their own. So the, they can't shoot the Empire artillery either anymore. And instead, they start to move to the West Fang to set up again, to start to... Well, they, they get ready to shoot whoever will win the battle. That's their plan. Like, well, okay, <laughs> so if, we, if, we're, if it's going well for us, we can start shooting the city from here. If it goes bad for us, we can shoot whoever's trying to follow us or... Then we can just blow up even the Tamarkans guys while we cover our retreat. <laughs> That's their clever plan. But then they are attacked by Outriders and four land ships. Because uh, the Empire breaks through on the west side now. West flank yes. here. So here come the four land ships that have been built. Um, and the Chaos Dwarves are like, oh shit, here they come. Uh, what are we going to do? Well, it's just Riders. We can easily shoot them down, right? We set up their ranks. They're not going to stop us. But then the rider starts to lob explosives and to cripple the war machines. So they're like, oh no, shit, we didn't see this coming. And the land ships, they start to fire cannons and deploy swordsmen that they have on board. And uh, you have another battle that takes place. So yeah, it's, isn't, uh, it, isn't it another thing that like the, the Chaos Wars, uh, they haven't been in contact with the humans for a long time. So they think that like their technology is way worse than it is as well. Exactly. But they are interested in, in Null because they think uh, they've heard about steam tanks or something. They want to know at least if there's something they can learn. They've been disappointed up to until now. But suddenly I think, yeah, they see the outriders that come with their, you know, almost miniguns that they shoot, right? They have their, they're very yeah. impressed. They're like, oh, that looks cool. Uh, and then they're shot. So that, oh, that was not good. So uh, Drasoth and his Bale Taurus Cinderbreath, they, well, he gets really pissed when he sees that his Chaos Dwarfs are losing this battle. Uh, and him alone with his magic, he destroys two of the land ships, two of the four. In the end, only one of the land ships will survive to be pulled back. I think one is, one is cut in two by a uh, skull cracker or what are they called? The Chaos Dwarf thing with a big axe in front or something. Oh, oh yeah, the, the, the train... Thing. yeah yeah exactly exactly uh, so it just goes through one of the land ships but anyway uh yeah the chaos well the, the empire guys and the one land ship they pull back but they've done enough damage that the chaos dwarfs are basically out of the battle from this point and uh Grassoth, he turns his head to the sky and he screams treachery <laughs> which i'm like why what 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 is form of treachery you just lost the battle but he i guess he can't take that he, he must they're so uh uh, full of themselves, so they always think, ah, oh, Tamarkan must have betrayed me, or something. <laughs> the, uh, the Kurgans should have been there to protect our West Flank, which is true, they should have been. But yeah, uh, Chaos Dwarfs are out of it. And I guess they, we don't know, I, I guess they pull back and maybe take a couple of slaves with them back home. I think Drasoath survives this, at least, but we don't know more. Uh, the East Flank, which we haven't heard much about, is now also charged by a bunch of knights and cavalry from uh, the Empire line. And they start to even a battle a bit, but they can't, they can't really break Tamarkan's force. So they just get bogged down in this attrition battle, which seems to be going the Empire's way, though. They're still, yeah, both forces take huge losses, but the Empire is still in a position to win here. And uh, without the Chaos Dwarfs and the Kurgans, Tamarkan starts to understand that he can't breach the city anymore. 
and that that was his plan all along. He oh, he can see the throne of chaos slipping out of his hand. But maybe, maybe there is another way. So the chaos forces pull back, and that seems well. The empire is happy, but uh, doesn't seem to be over yet because dark clouds starts to gather over the city. So Tamarkan has gone to the Abbey of the Lilies, which was on the other side of the Upper Reich River, and. Uh, there he is starting a great summoning ritual to summon legions of chaos of Nurgle demons. I should, yeah, I should say. Yeah. So at no? first, Emperor's like, "Oh, great, they retreated. Let's uh, yeah. let's regroup." But then they're like, "Wait a minute." Yeah, and then Elspeth, of course, comes in and like, "I have seen death approaching. We have to stop them now." So he has some sort of ace up his sleeve. Not sure exactly what he's going to do, but if he can summon a bunch of Nurgle demons, it's not going to be good for the Empire. Yeah, so, it's also like because there's like so much death on the battlefield yeah. and like corpses and just gross shit that gives mm. him power as well to summon it, right? Exactly. Yeah, he has all he has proven himself somewhat to the Chaos Lord, so I guess he's asking for a bit more help to ascend the throne. So a quick counterattack is formed where some wizards are used to. I don't know if they teleport them there. It's a bit vague in the book. It's something like, oh, they use their magic to get them there very quick. They, you know, they stretch time and space so it's not as far to move or something. Just imagine anyway. if you fold a paper and then punch a pen right through it. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Magic. So you have a bunch of knights and Elspeth is there. Uh, Theodore Bruckner, the, um, the the champion, is there. You have wiz- some wizards and the survivors of the battle, basically. They just well, rush there to try to did, stop Tarkin. What did Theodore do in the battle, though? Did he get, even get close to, to Tarkin? No, not that they mention. I guess it's such a big line, so he doesn't. He never makes it there. It's too too packed with uh, the Chaos Horde. Um, but now he, get, he gets there, and now he finally gets to challenge Tavakan. So he is riding his demigriff, Reaper. and Great balls it, on that thing. Yeah, oh, it's that, that's where the balls are. Oh, <laughs> don't have that model. Uh, it, it rips the head off Tavakan. Yay! But without the head, the Tavakan still manages to kill the demigriff with his axe. No! Uh, then Theodore jumps off and he starts to cut and he just cuts in this bulk of Tamarkan's iron body. He cuts it into pieces. It's like, yeah, it's looking good, right? We haven't seen this before. Uh, oh no, Tamarkan's true force uh, appears and the maggot launches itself and digs into Theodore. No. And you have this moment where Tamarkan thinks like, oh, this is the perfect body for me to send the throne of chaos. This pure, this pure <laughs> champion of the empire. I will corrupt it completely. <laughs> and finally I will ascend. But Tamarkan has been fooled. Because if you remember, Theodore had a talisman around his neck that he had gotten from uh, Elspeth, this lore of death wizard. And suddenly Theodore's body starts to turn to dust. And with it, Tamarkan also is obliterated. And the, this whole abbey and all the children of Nurgle who have been spawned by the ritual are instantly replaced by a huge tangle of green-black glass. You just have this crater that's then... Uh, it's left from this huge... Well, I guess this magic spell that, uh, that Elspeth has been weaving. And from the sky, the Carmine Dragon falls lifeless and Elspeth fades away to nothing. So, mm-hmm. very dramatic. I guess she has <coughs> sacrificed, she, she, yeah, she has to sacrifice herself to stop Tamarkan. And Theodore, poor guy. Isn't yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, uh, when he's getting that like medallion and he's like, oh, cool, it's a protective medallion. It gives me like a war suit or something. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's more of a when you get possessed by a maggot, you will wither to dust. Oh, uh-huh. okay. Uh-huh. It's great. <laughs> it will be great. Uh, and I thought I would end by reading the final uh, words on this page here. So it ends with, And what of I, his chronicler, blinded by burning metal, abandoned and scorned by my people? I, who had risen so high, who men called faithless, was left a beggar upon the road in a realm of the lost and desolate, condemned by the dark gods to my black penance, a stranger in a strange land, but far from helpless. And soon... My story shall also be told. <gasps> so Sayil, Sayil lives. He survives. Sayil the Faithless. Right? Um, it must be I remember him. that. Yeah, no, yeah. I thought it was. So he was shot and from, I guess, fell from his mammoth. But he still lives as a beggar. Uh, and I think, yeah, you know, no one would know that this beggar dude in the Empire is has been leader of the Dolgan war, <laughs> war band. And uh, it's actually a very powerful wizard. Um, but that's I think really that's cool. a, mm? and I don't like know a, a, a great story hook. Definitely. But was it meant that he he would get a story of his own, or was was he part of the end times? Do you think? <laughs> I mean, a really cool like uh, uh, expansion for a uh, role playing game. Yeah, yeah. That you just meet this beggar. Oh, yeah, this or... guy. He seems very <laughs> <laughs> trustworthy. Yeah. Uh, so that is the end of the story. Uh, very very cool uh, very cool uh, yeah well Tabrakan never made it sadly enough but he yeah. was he was close yeah <laughs> made yeah, a lot of uh, damage on the way <laughs> it's a fantastic story it's just like presented in such a cool way as well yeah it's, uh, it's another thing that Alan Bly said in that like uh, interview on YouTube uh, mm-hmm. that like they wanted to make the book look like a document from the Wormer world as well yeah like, yeah because you have it in parts it's written by I guess Sayul then, that you have his or different people there that have written their own letters, I guess. Yeah, and just the the way that the, it's made, like the pages will look like worn and a bit yellowy. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful book. Um, but now we come into the campaign and I won't go into all the, the rules and everything here, but yeah, there are rules to play, to play out this campaign. And uh, obviously, ideally, one would play as the Chaos Horde, right? You would have Tamrakan, and you would follow him, because that's what the story is about. But on that side, I mean, you, of course, have the options to have uh, Beastmen and all kinds of Chaos followers. I think in here, there are even rules to have a unified Chaos army with Beastmen yeah. and Demons and Warriors of Chaos, which is something that they also introduced in the end times, so, yeah. which is how it's how it's meant to be right <laughs> yeah. all chaos that's another together. thing he said in that interview is that like they added this list that it's it's not supposed to be like a competitive thing mm. he said specifically mm-hmm. but more just for like big fun games but, yeah yeah that's like, that's the way like a chaos horde should be yeah i i think it's i think it makes sense <laughs> that's how i'm making my force <laughs> um but it's nice because through all this story, of course, the opposition of Tamarkand, you have you have a bunch of green skins. You would have, well in the beginning you would fight other chaos armies, right? And yeah. then you could have green skins, and you have the ogres, and you have the chaos dwarfs that you're fighting first, and then they join you. And you have the border princess, and then you have the night goblins, and in the end you have the empire. So there's a lot of different forces there, and they of course say like, yeah, you know, but you could make it work with Skaven and vampire counts as well, or something. But you, you, yeah, I guess the rules can be used. But uh, uh, so there are rules here for making a campaign where you play. I guess you play different a bunch of missions in the different phases, 
and whoever wins gets a b- bunch of bonuses. Yeah. Sure, I think you can even get experience for your units and stuff as well. Uh, the first phase is fighting in the in the chaos, as we said in the beginning, right? It's chaos fighting chaos in this big battle royale. That's when Tavarkan is taking control of the chaos horde. The second phase is the land of stone and dust. Uh, that's when you fight against ogres and uh, the giants. Then you have phase three, lords of fire and ash. That's when you come in contact with the chaos dwarves and you fight them. Phase four, the scouring. That's when you go into the border princess. Phase five, death and darkness. That's when you fight the orcs and goblins in the, <laughs> in the pass. Phase six, the throne of chaos. That's when you fight the empire. And in all these phases, you have a, a bunch of special rules depending on where, which you know, where you're on the world. You have different battlefields and such. Uh, and then each of the phases have one special scenario. So I think they want you to do play a couple of missions per you, some of the vanilla vision uh, missions in all of these phases. And then you have some special scenarios that you should play. And they, they are, of course, the most fun. I think the best one is the second one. We have the Conquest of Giants, which is a mission mm-hmm. where you're supposed to just capture giants. That's all you do. You just, <laughs> I think you're supposed to have... Uh, how many giants are you supposed to have? Mm, 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 uh, five. Five giants. Yeah. <laughs> and you have rules for... You basically have to get them to fall over, and then you have to try to net the giants, but they can just escape and... Uh, would be great to fight. If we can find five giants sometime, Niklas, we should play this, right? Would be yeah. great fun. How many giants do you have? I have two, I think. One painted for the Dogs of War, and now I'm getting one for the Chaos Force. It's going to be a siege giant. So two, good start. How many do you have? Zero. Okay, we're getting there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so, so you have uh, all those... Does Mumford have any? Uh, yes, I think... Think. Now it, she does some giants. I'm not sure actually. Maybe it's I a forgot. Cygor or something. I don't know. I do have a Cygor as well. We could use oh, yeah. that. So we have three to start with. Ah. <laughs> we'll make it we'll make it work. Uh so I, I won't go into more about the, the chaos uh, the, the chaos. The campaign, I think. That's something I mean uh, it's great if you want to reenact this story, which is really cool. Uh, I would like to try at some point. A dream would be to have uh, well, yeah, to try to get the, the forces that are involved here so we can try to recreate this story. I think that would be great to just completely focus on making awesome battlefields to recreate this and the armies uh that would be fun i think <laughs> yeah yeah you think you have to have a pretty pretty big collection to make everything happen like as it should be that like, is without, true like just like well i have these uh middenheimers still have to be the, the lone guys and stuff like yeah that. that is true yeah you'll have to find some other very dedicated people that might have an empire army or something. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting there with my chaos uh, guys. I have Tamarcon that I'm starting to paint now, and I have some bile trolls and the plague ogres that they released. Need to get so, my hands on a chaos mammoth, and then I don't have any chaos dwarfs of my own. But I know Manfred who has some. <laughs> so speaking of your chaos and mm-hmm. being like Tamarcon esque, uh, were you inspired by Tamarcon to start yes. your army? Or yes, yes, okay. that was the. That's always been the plan. It's going to be a, Nur- a Nurgle force, and then Tamarkan is going to lead it. So Nice. Yeah, yeah. But then I can add all kinds of fun things to it. But I don't have any Chaos Dwarves at the moment, and I guess that's something you would need. But I wouldn't mind either having a couple, like a land ship <laughs> for the Empire side. I've been thinking about that as well. Because, uh, I mean, th- they were so cool, all the models that were released by Fortress for this. They look awesome. Um, yeah. You have, uh, of course, the... Uh, like like uh, the the unknown iron sides for the empire, these uh, hand gunners with heavy armor. Yeah, they, they look amazing. And then you also had uh, the another like the swordsman 
were some Marian burgers, right? They were like blades of Menan. Yes, exactly. So they were they were there fighting as mercenaries. And yeah. then you have the landship and Elspeth and Theodore Bruckner. I think that's all that was released. So I think most things in this book actually got models also, but not much of it still sold, unfortunately. <laughs> I think you, you can still get the plague toads. Yeah. Yeah, you have the, like the lieutenant as well, the guy leading the, the plague knights. He had a model as well, I think. Yeah, yeah, I have that guy. Uh, and I have Sayil, the Faithless. Uh, he has a special... Um, Chaos Spawn called Night Maul, so it's the most disturbing Chaos Spawn they ever ever made. I think it's uh, gross. <laughs> um, but oh, let's let's quickly quickly well let's go through a couple of the units I think as well just to tell the the listeners what's in this book. What could you actually play with? Because now you know the story, you know there's a campaign. What could you actually bring to the table? Now? Okay, so we have Tamarkan first of all. Obviously Tamarkan is there, and he's riding his uh, yeah. Uh, toad dragon and I, I can just tell you I'm not going we're not going to take all the time to go into stats and all the special rules here but worth mentioning that a toad dragon has uh, 10 wounds strength 8 and toughness 7 I think that's kind of ugh, nasty <laughs> I think and it can't be wounded by attacks of strength 4 or uh, well under strength 4 I think and it can never be wounded on better than the 4 plus so it's very hard to kill <laughs> what's the, the movement of it? movements 8 actually so it's pretty f- fast as well nice. but it is it it's is like huge a, Komodo dragon. Like they look yeah. slow, but they're actually super fast. Yeah. And it doesn't now, yeah, it's a dragon, but it doesn't have any wings. So it's a toad dragon. I get maybe it jumps like a toad. Like a little <laughs> Well, I guess no, a, a frog jumps. I'm stupid. I'm a biologist. A frog jumps. A toad crawl uh, walks more. Well they, um, they don't jump? Not as much. They can't jump as far as a, a frog at least. I think mm-hmm. they mostly walk actually. But um Worth mentioning about Tamarkan, I think is I think this is cool because you have the stats for him on, uh, as the tyrant, uh, as the ogre. So then he has a bit more toughness and more wounds, and that's how you, most would play him because that's the model they released, right? But you also have the stats for uh, Sargoth here as well. There's the Slanesh guy, and uh, in that case, he is he has quicker initiative and such, and he has some a cool blade. And I, I I've been really thinking about getting some sort of you know the the Slanesh lord who's riding this snake boob the boob yeah. snake yeah a snake boob <laughs> uh i think Just, that <laughs> like a one of those bouncing balls yeah exactly but it's um, like uh, it's got scales because it's a snake boob <laughs> yes uh no but i think that guy would be perfect as a yeah. slanesh lord and then imagine like a slanesh armor how you would think it's so pristine and uh neat looking and then you just corrupt that so it's have that rusted and full of holes and uh nurgly corruption i think that would be would be a very cool contrast probably some uh, good like uh new slanesh models you could use as well yeah yeah i think so as well but uh, not sure if they are riders but you could just post the legs i guess some of the new are the, are the ogre legs sculpted on the, the toad dragon no no they're not but they're sculpted on the saddle so you have this saddle piece that is separate so I, i'm thinking of i don't know magnetizing might be hard but maybe putting some sort of pin in there so you could just lift him off yeah what, what do you think about that maybe that yeah. can work and then sculpting some other smaller saddle that would work for the something that would work for the slanesh guy I, I just think that would be cool especially if if you would try to reenact these missions or the campaign sometime then he shouldn't be the tyrant to start with right if you want to be really anal and uh, <laughs> actually uh, another fun thing is that he actually has stats for as a pos- for the possessed so if if someone tries to kill tamarkan right if he is slain in close combat, 
then he makes a special possession attack and this is when the, <laughs> the maggot comes out and tries to attack whoever killed him um, so it's made against nearest uh, enemy model friend friend or enemy actually within six inches if there's multiple models tamarkan can pick then both players roll d6 and add their weapon skill tamarkan is weapon skill seven so that's nothing to sneeze at and if he succeeds then he actually takes over this body um and then you have stats, so you basically take the stats of that, whatever it is, if it's an elf, if it's an ogre, you know, or if it's an orc, you take that, and he will have the same strength, he will have one more toughness and one more wound, one less initiative though, and one less movement. Otherwise he keeps his own uh, weapon skill all the time, and leadership. <laughs> uh, but that's so cool, so you just con- you could continue living on as something else. It would be fun to make in some other possessed bodies. If you pay- make a campaign, that would be a fun conversion thing like oh, i killed your lord in the last game now i'm gonna taunt you and be him in every other game Yay. um and then he has a bunch of cool weapons and stuff so that's tamarkan then you have rules for sail the faithless this wizard guy who's there all along uh he is a level three wizard but he can also take lore of heavens which is weird for a uh, or mm-hmm. yeah, different from other chaos wizards so that's kind of fun yeah. and he has some special spells and stuff so he's cool then you have Kaizk, who is the rider on the of the Rot Knight, leader of the Rot Knights. So this guy, he has he is monstrous cavalry, and if you take him, or yeah, you can also upgrade Chaos Knights with Mark of Nurgle to rot, riding Rot Beasts. So you change Chaos Knights into monstrous cavalry, and I've made three of these out of oh, yeah. uh, Gore Beasts. Yeah. Um, they're 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 fun to play with. They're not as fast, but they are very tough to kill, yeah, even really though cool. they're. Yeah, even though they're not as good as many other monsters cavalry, they only have two wounds and stuff. But they have regeneration, for example. So they're yeah, they're tough to kill. Yeah, so I remember to... my uh, my cavalry. <laughs> I had to fight him. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. They they are hard to kill. Then we have uh, the bile trolls of chaos. Another yeah, beautiful models from Fortral. So I I have three of these. They're also very hard to kill. They're like toughness five with four wounds and five plus regeneration. But they're very stupid. They only have leadership five. So you have to keep your lord next to them to tell them where to go. Otherwise, they will just start eating grass or something. <laughs> but they're nay. You don't. That's something that I was surprised by. They don't have any special rules for plague ogres, even though they release special plague ogres. Uh, Fortwell did. But I mm. guess the idea is you just take ogres with Mark of Nurgle from the normal rulebook or something. Yeah. Uh, even though the models themselves are quite a lot bigger than normal ogres, I would say. They're very bulky. But they're cool. But you have rules for plague toads and pox riders, which are plague toads with uh, plague bearers on top. And in that case, they are also monstrous cavalry. Otherwise, they're, they're monstrous beasts. I don't have these yet, but I would love to get some because I they're also very cute, <laughs> disturbing <laughs> models. Yeah. Um, I don't know. They're movement six, uh, two wounds and toughness four. I don't know how, how good they are, but they seem fun to have. Maybe something fa- a bit fast for a Nurgle army you can use at least. Then we come to the Chaos War Mammoth, <laughs> which is huge, right? It's uh, also got, it's got 10 wounds. Strength 10, toughness 7, movement 8. Another just immense model that Fortress made. And I oh, I wonder... That, that's been we're... around for a while as well. That's available in 6th edition as well. Oh, it is? Yeah. Okay. Because so, um, yeah, Fortress made it like ages ago. And they had rules available on their own page. Oh, so that was before the Tamarcan book. Yeah, way before. Oh, nice. Okay. But unfortunately, you can't get it easily nowadays. So. 
No. <laughs> um, I don't know if you how you will. I, I have had my eyes on Mir's miniatures. They have a really cool. They don't call it mammoth. They call it mat mag or something like that, <laughs> with a with an a letter. Uh, but uh, it, that is also pretty expensive. But uh, very cool, and it's got a bunch of fun attacks. It's sort of like a, a giant, so you have to roll on these tables, and you know it can either. Uh, you say roll on tables? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, was, I was like, oh, am I speaking? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so, you know, it can take its trunk and it can start to pick up someone and start to eat them or throw oh, them nice. at a unit <laughs> and uh, uh, all these fun things. Uh, and of course, it, it's got the battle hound on top. So you can actually uh, transport, I think it's a unit of 20 models, which mm-hmm. is insane. I mean, it's a big model, I, I guess, but even, you know, so 20. They can, so they can get off it as well? Yes. Yes. Oh, uh, nice. I think as long as. As long as it doesn't move, you can move on or off. Uh, yeah, if the mammoth is still for a turn. And you can shoot at the howdah, I think. You can shoot out of the howdah because you can throw, you have throwing access. So if you're in combat, if the mammoth is in combat, I think you can th- still throw axes at them from on top or something. In 6th edition rules, you can, you can have guys on it, but I don't think you can like get off during the game. They're just there firing stuff. Or something. Yeah, or f- fighting from it, I think. If it's in close combat. Ah, yeah, maybe they could. Oh, yeah. And you can put like a character up there as well. That is nice, yeah. You can, uh, in here, you can make it into a, a, a Chaos War Shrine as well, or give mm-hmm. it some some marks. It doesn't have to be Mark or Nurgle, of course, because these are the, the Dolgans, so they're, I don't think they're, they have any specific go- god in Allegiance. Um, next one, we have a Chaos Siege Giant, a giant with a bunch of armor. And it's got some rules for attacking, uh, yeah, uh, walls and stuff. If you're playing with uh, fortifications, so uh, yeah, I got I got a uh, a giant that I'm planning to use as this now. So as you see, I'm gathering gathering quite a lot. I have most <laughs> of the things for the chaos force. Yeah, getting there slowly but surely. Uh, that's all the chaos guys, and then you have rules for making a unified host of chaos from the different um, army lists. We go to the empire list, then you have rules for Theodore Bruckner, who's the the champion guy riding the demigriff. Yeah. You ha- uh, then you have uh, engineer Jubal Falk and the Null Ironsides, and uh, they're cool because uh, well, they're handgunners, but they have uh, heavy armor instead. And I think any handgunner that contains Jubal Falk may reroll shooting hits of one shooting to hit rolls of one with their handguns so they must be pretty good yeah and if you have heavy armor i guess they can make their own in close combat for a bit at least uh yeah probably not against the the blight knights or no the, no maybe not really cool. but, <laughs> yeah but so maybe against some beastman gores or something they could yeah, I don't it's know. a really cool unit though i i love yeah. the look of them beautiful I, yeah, I also love the the heavy armor on them it's awesome and i think yeah he has a the, he has a Hawkland long rifle, so there are some cool rules in there. Yeah. Then you have Elspeth von Draken and her dragon. So she's a level 4 wizard of the lore of death. And she has lore master, so she knows all the lore of death spells. Nice. And the Carmine dragon, if you didn't know, has 6 wounds and toughness 6. So it's, uh, I guess it is like a, a dragon, right? Yeah. Normal dragon rules. But they're, oh, I thought, yeah, because then you have empire dragons, right? And they're like 10 and everything or something. But they're not in this book, maybe. They're in the Monstrous Arcanum, maybe. He has a bunch of special rules, of course, as well. Then you have the Marienburg landship, which has 12 wounds. <laughs> and you have a bunch, you have a crew. That, so, I mean, both, I think it, it's got sort of a cannon on front that you can shoot. And then you have uh, rules for the crew firing all their pistols and shit <laughs> at the uh, different sides of it. 
uh, I guess most of the rules are about what happens when the ship blows up, <laughs> because it is very, it is of course very unstable. This thing, um, uh, yeah, but uh, uh, a wonderful model, I think. And then last, you have the Manan Manan's blades. Oh no, well, not last. Well, Manan Manan's blades. You have Captain Van der Kral, the Dutch guy, and you can upgrade a bunch of swordsmen to be the Manan's blades, and they have a special banner. That makes them cause fear and gives plus one to rolling for pursuing enemy enemies. Do they have any special rules while fighting on levies? No, I don't. But they should have. <laughs> the, the Dutch levy expert fighters. Exactly. There's a canal within six inches. They reroll leadership <laughs> or something. <laughs> uh, we also have Leitpold the Black, this infamous mercenary general. And I have that model. I'm using him as my general for my Dogs of War. Yeah, because he's, and he has a special rule that he can, like, you can take him in an Empire army because Dogs of War didn't exist in 8th edition. You can take I... him in an Empire army and take, like, a unit from Bretonia. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. So, uh, led by Little can take a single core choice unit chosen from between Bretonia, Ogre Kingdoms, or Dwarfs army book, yeah. representing renegades, outcasts, or ne'er do wells found in the border princes, acting as mercenaries. Hmm. Nice. I think that's I think that's good because I definitely I mean I could definitely use my dogs of war to represent the chaos guys coming into the border princes. That part of the campaign is I'm most set up for that part of this campaign. <laughs> <laughs> I'm counting on yeah. you to get to get a null army and the land ship and uh, <laughs> you could also get some night goblins that would be great. Maybe an ogre army, maybe get, chaos dwarfs. <laughs> can get Jimmy to um, bring He could do the night goblins. goblins. That's true. He would do that. And Manfred could do his uh, Chaos Dwarfs. And Dara, at my work, could he has started with Ogres. So I think we're getting there. I think we'll make it work. <laughs> need to find out. Who is playing Null, though? Do we have any guy playing Null? Um, no. Yeah. I, know, kinda... I know like a guy in England, but I don't think you... We'll fly him here. We'll go that far. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it would be cool if we could make... I think I think people would like to watch that sort of battle report if you could make really gorgeous looking Tamarkan battles. Yeah. Really thematic and just be all about reenacting this. I think people would like to see that. Um, so finally, we come to the Chaos Dwarfs. So Nicholas, tell us about the story of the Chaos Dwarfs in the Warhammer world, because when were they in? Which editions were they in and such? Well, they were in, uh, if they were in first edition, but they were in like the, the third edition, at least. Uh, because then the like, Chaos was just a faction and you could have like Chaos Dwarf characters. It was like the organization of the army lists were not very distinct into different armies, really. You just took stuff. Yeah. Um, but like, you, you know, in the, the, the book Realm of Chaos, that's what it's called. So we're like two yeah. books, right? Yeah. And uh, you could just randomly roll for characters in that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And... <laughs> You could be a Chaos Dwarf, or you could make a Chaos Dwarf. Oh, that's true. Um, and it has some really cool models from back then as well. Huh? And they released like box of just characters for them. And they also had like uh, a bazooka team that I have, the model of actually. Oh, is that from back there? Yeah. Or did they release other bazooka teams? Because I think Manfred has one of those. Might be that one because uh, like they released some rocket uh, artillery pieces later, like on mm -hmm. carriages. But this is like a bazooka, like a, a shoulder-mounted bazooka. So, so these were like just like evil armor kind of look, and then in fourth and fifth edition, that's when they became like the big hat dwarfs. Ah, uh, yeah. So I think that's when they also got like their the story of them because uh, like the dwarf started selling the Edge Mountains, and then 
some of the dwarves left for the mountains of Morn, mm. and uh, like just after they arrived there, the the chaos portals broke, and the whole world is just washed with uh, chaos magic, and they were corrupted because they didn't they hadn't had time to dig their tunnels deep enough to protect them. Uh, so that's when they struck a deal with uh, what's his name. The bull god. Uh, yeah, I was going to say Marduk, but that is probably a real... That's from like Mesopotamia or something, right? Oh, yeah. uh, Hashut is his name. Hashut, yes. yes. Hashut. Um, so yeah, they struck a deal with him, and then uh, they were around for 4th and 5th edition, and then they never got an update in 6th edition. So they were in like the uh, Ravening Horse in 6th edition. Oh, yeah. They didn't get an update in 7th edition, and then... They didn't get an update in edition until Tamarcon. And yes. uh, like when we were talking with Thomas Pernan, he said that they just didn't sell that well back then. Oh, so that, it wasn't okay. really worth making like an update for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, well, that I guess they made, they made ogres instead. That was pretty popular, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I'm so happy that they're back because I feel like I have most people I talk to are always like, oh, yeah, Chaos Dwarfs. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, uh, uh, I mean, the, the nostalgia thing is way bigger now than it used to be and i think as well like when they were making this book tarmacon book like they didn't make big head dwarves or big hat dwarves no that uh, they made these like infernal guard instead to make mm-hmm. them look a bit more serious i guess mm-hmm. um but do you like that choice that they went for uh i mean they, they, they do have some big hat guys as well like sorcerers have yeah. big hats uh so that's cool and infernal guard are cool they're a bit blank maybe like they don't have a lot of character no, but they just look very evil, or <laughs> very yeah. menacing. So I, I like I like their design in a way, but I, I understand what you say. Um, it's cool to have a, a, a sort of a mix that they could be sort of an elite force in a way. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, well. Yeah, and then they released this uh, whole army list for them, which is mm-hmm. really cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, people could start playing uh, Chaos Force as a whole army again. Mm-hmm. Uh, although they, I mean, there are some units from back then that you could use. Um, I mean, I guess you could use the the old models. It's a bit different. Like, it's a big deal with the Chaos Wars back then was like their big ass muskets, like the the oh, yeah, the blunder blunder bosses. And stuff, yeah. yeah, and then like this armor, they have like these halberd guns. Yeah, so they have like a halberd with uh, an inbuilt gun, and they have like two attacks in close combat. Then they can also shoot. Uh, but Armless itself is like a, a full on Armless. You have like a lord, and I don't know if, know if you have like a lord and uh, a mage lord, or if the mage lord just is the lord. Uh, I will I will check. But I also see that you can take the hail shot blunderbusses here at least in the rules. But I don't know oh. if it's just for a character, maybe. Uh, lords, you have uh, yeah, it's basically a sorcerer prophet prophet. If yeah. you're not rolling uh, Drasoth. Yeah, uh, and and they can ride the Taros or the 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 best creature in Warhammer Fantasy, the the Lamasu. Yes, yes, they can. <laughs> um, but but uh, hero for heroes, you have a demon smith sorcerer or an infernal Castellan. So that's like yeah. a non magic dude. And also a hobgoblin Khan that I know. Yes, like, that's true. Or a bull centaur Toruk. Yeah, I know the trick back in the day was used to take hobgoblin Khans on wolves and just like march block the enemy, just stand in front of the oh. enemy. Oh, I guess they're super quick, right? Yeah, and pretty cheap. Mm. Um, yeah, and uh, like for troops, you have the Infernal Guard. Mm-hmm. Um, they can either have like close combat weapons or shields or the the guns. Is yeah. it them? Can they have the blown buses? Uh, let's see. Yes, they can. Six points per model. 
Cool. Cool. Yeah. Then it's uh, range 12, strength 3, armor piercing, multiple shots, D3. Hail shot. Uh, the, the, this, Increase uh, strength per rank or something, right? Yeah, let's see. As long as 10 or more models are firing, they suffer no penalties for shooting at long range. As long as 20 or more are firing, they may reroll fail to wounds. Okay, so it's, been, it's a bit different from previous editions. Then I think you got more... In 6th edition, you got more damage per rank or something. More strength. Uh, the, the fire glaives they can have, they are range 18, strength 4, armor piercing. But they also, in close combat, they count, they give you plus 1 uh, strength. So they're, they're pretty good. They're a good option as well. But if you could take, I guess, normal is um, just sword and shield, hand weapon shield, uh, axe yeah. and shield, maybe. I mean, they, they're solid because they're like chaos warriors in that almost. Yeah, they have a just four save base plus the, the shield, so three up. Yes, it's, it's uh, very tough to kill. And they are strength three, they're strength four base. So they, I think most otherwise chaos warriors in the old editions were strength three. So Infernal Guard be good. Very good. Yeah, and then the you have like the, the. Can you have orcs in that list? I don't yeah, you can take Hobgoblin Cutthroat yeah. Beast. And uh, you. That's only uh, that's only two core choices you have to choose from, actually. Yeah. And then you have uh, like the Hobgoblin Wolf Riders, the Bull Centaurs. And then yeah, yeah, they're awesome. Loads of artillery. And... Yes. Uh, there is a special unit called Chaos Dwarf Infernal Iron Sworn. Which I don't think had their own right. uh, models, but I guess they're like an elite. The they're... elite version of the elite guard. Yes. They have so... uh, magical weapons, I remember. Yeah, and it's also hand weapons. Weapons kill five also, so I guess they're a bit better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, even better. And for artillery, they had the Dutch Shriek missile launcher. Yes. It's like uh, an old classic. It fires like a. Uh, homing missile, yeah. Uh, like it's missile, it's a it's demon guided, I think. Mm. Like, put a, a demon inside of the rocket that finds its target. <laughs> um, it's pretty funny. Mm. Uh, and then they have like the the big ass mortar, they can, uh, yes, like, uh, add dread, a, dread an ogre to reload it because, like, usually when you fire it, I think you have to roll a four up for it to be reloaded for next turn. Yeah. Otherwise, you have to wait like a whole turn to reload it. Yeah, so if I have a, like a loading ogre, then he can just like load the shells and he can fire every turn. Yeah. Um, I think the the hell cannon is also in there. Uh, yes, in yes, it is. Yep. The old okay. classic. Yeah. Chaos uh, giant is there. Yeah, and the the locomotive, the thing that mm -hmm. just rams the the ship. The, the iron iron demon war engine. Yeah, and that and can th be given a skull cracker. Yeah, and that thing can also pull the other artillery pieces because that's yeah. like the 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 thing of it is like an artillery train mm. uh, that they're like pulling across the desert. And I don't think anyone would ever actually do it in a game, but it's possible to like pull the artillery pieces around. Were they designed so that they actually can hook up to each other, do you think? The... Yeah, yeah, they were. Oh, so, so cool. The, the, the final one was the magma cannon also. They had one of those. It's a super nasty. It's like the flamethrower for the dwarfs, I guess. Strength five, I think. Oh, yeah. Really nasty. Okay, so if you make the train, you have the locomotive, the iron demon, and then you have the death. Is death shrieker, shrieker was that also part of this? I don't yeah. remember. It. Okay. And the mortar. And then at the end, you would have the magma cannon, I think. Yeah. So that's pretty all tall. Like a, long a, a great weekend trip. Yeah. <laughs> and let's see, that's hmm, 150 plus about 300 plus about 100, 400, about 750 points or something. 
<laughs> for that train. <laughs> uh, in the list, they also have the options of taking a Chaos Siege Giant. And then you have the Kadai Fireborn. Yeah. These weird fire demons or something, right? Yeah, they're like demons that they've uh, captured inside of these like magical armors that fight them. Oh, yeah. And they had models. Yes. The, the Fireborn, right? And then you also have the Kadai Destroyer, mm. which I heard is totally OP. Yeah, I've heard that as well. But it never got a, its own uh, model, no. fortunately. But it uh, seems pretty scary. <laughs> All of those are flaming and yeah, you just burn to death if you attack them, I guess. Yeah. I faced quite a lot of these because, yeah, my friend Manfred he has uh, he's playing Chaos Wars. I uh, think he might use the rules from the uh, Armies project because then you combine this list with the old list. So you, he's still he has a mix of Infernal Guard and just uh, old school Chaos Dwarf warriors hmm. uh, and some of the bazookas and some of the new yeah uh, bull centaurs. So uh, it's a very cool army. Uh, I'm always so scared of the bull centaurs. They don't—they're not <laughs> as scary as they seem. They're hard to kill, but they don't. I always think they will be scarier than they are, unless when he takes the, that leader guy, that Tauruk, like an army on his own, uh, <laughs> bull centaur leader. But well, they're—they're they're fun. They're cool. They have lots of scary artillery. And they're very tough to break. So uh, very, very good-looking army, I must say. And they yes. have their own spells here, the Lore of Hashut as well. Bunch of ash that they throw at you, basically. Yeah. This is thing, like, they can make you flammable, and then... Oh, yeah. And then they have flaming attacks, right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember <laughs> this. Like, some, some kind of combo you can make that you, like, you wound flammable targets in 2+, plus or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nasty. Uh, in the end of the book, you have a little supplement here for Storm of Chaos, I guess. So they just made that you could take some of these new monsters they introduced in Storm of Chaos. And I think those were later added to the uh, Monsters Arcanum book, right? Because I guess that came out after this. I'm going to guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what was in Monsters Arcanum. I think, it tro you can, I think Toad Dragon is in that book, so I would guess it's after. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah... Anyway, there you have it. That's the end of the book. What a what a lovely campaign book. I I'm not uh, that in. I don't know much about other campaign books for Warhammer Fantasy. I mean, I guess they had like Blood in the Badlands. Could that be counted as well? Some of these books. Uh, Storm. I mean, the, this was the only one made by Fortra like this, like mm. a like an Imperial Armor book. Mm. Um, so but Games Workshop, it. yeah, Games Workshop did their own every now yeah. and then, right? Yeah. What yeah, is that? Like the... that against Chaos One. What is that one called? the very famous one the storm of chaos yeah 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 so yeah they did make some early ones they, they were more like like the, they had a couple for fifth edition like tears of isha and uh, uh, grudge of grom mm -hmm. they were like they were a lot smaller and they had like a story and some scenarios mm -hmm. and some some uh, terrain pieces that you got with them actually like cardboard cut out oh oh that's cool pieces. but uh, they never then, had special rules for or like their own models or Ex like own units or something like that? Or? Oh, they did release some characters for them. Okay. Um, like this dwarf female model that I'm painting now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. From, from sure. that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and then in 6th edition, you had the, the Albion campaign and Storm of Chaos. Um, but yeah, this is like the the biggest one they made, mm -hmm. like the biggest scope. Oh, and I mean, uh, you yeah, you just want wish like, oh, what else could they have done, you know? Yeah. <laughs> What would you have wanted for World? Like, oh, well, I guess anything they would have done would have been cool. But is there anything that you're thinking of, like, oh, a War of the Beard, but made of Adam Fly or something? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they they were rumored to be 
like in the process of making that like black fire pass thing mm-hmm. that would been really cool mm-hmm. um like lots of focus on dwarves mm-hmm. um but like uh, cool thing about tarmacon is that they went a bit outside of the the old world for most of yeah. the, the fighting then yeah. it's just like the finale was in the empire but like they visited a lot of parts that they hadn't visited in a long time, like the Chaos Dwarfs and the, the Border Princes that hadn't been mentioned for like editions. I think that's very smart. Yeah. An yeah. Arab an Arabic book or something. Yeah. That would have been cool. Yeah, absolutely. Or like Estalia or Talia. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It would have been yeah. But who knows? I mean uh the old world will come back. Maybe it yeah. will, I guess uh, some of the people who have worked with Forge World will work with this project, right? Uh so let's hope. Yeah. That it's got influenced by it. Uh, so, okay, I, yeah, to, to round this off also, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously smitten by this book since I started at Tamarcon Force. <laughs> uh, if you would uh, play anything from this book, what would you, what's your favorite army in the book? What would you, what would you play? Probably Null, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, those models are really cool, like the, the Ironsides. Um, also, Null in general is really cool. Um, yeah. It is... Not, not just for like that artillery of no, but uh, it's like the dwarf like, force of the uh, empire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, actually, like toying with the idea of doing like a null army, and then it would be cool to focus on the fact that they are very like big into Sigmar there. Like they are one of the most like Sigmar religious cities. That's where Magnus Pius was from as well. Oh yeah, that's true. So it would be cool to uh, to do like loads of flagellants and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. but also a lot of uh, black powder, maybe. Or uh, I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it, like the range stuff would be black powder. Yeah. Uh, maybe not just like do a gun line because that's a bit boring. But like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. I like the idea also of uh, yeah because it would be fun to have an empire army, but then an empire army with. Even with you know better looking empire troops, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just have a bunch of man on blades and oh, maybe uh, the steam. The, yeah, the 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 ship, the land ship would be the crowning piece. I think <laughs> by force. Yeah. Uh, even if you, yeah, I saw someone selling like a uh, Playmobil boat. I think it was like <laughs> oh, could be used as this. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah, we could proxy it. <laughs> I'd probably make my own if I would ever make like a a land ship. I think. You think you could you would build your own? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure you could find uh, gorgeous looking uh, uh, models for yeah for a, a, an old warship, right? Must be you know all these um, model makers that make trains and and such. Yeah. Surely there you could find a very detailed wooden ship, and then you just convert that. Yeah. It wouldn't be that bad. That hard. Bunch of empire shields and yeah, maybe get a steam <laughs> tank and and. Bash yeah, together with that's that. That's a good idea. You get some of those uh, old battle wagon wheels in the back. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Could could happen. Uh, yeah, it's a yeah a very good book, and I I hope you've uh, enjoyed listening to this, and uh, that you have your own ideas after this. Like, oh, I'm definitely gonna do this very niche idea now. I'm gonna make a hobgoblin uh, wolf rider <laughs> clan that's just gonna harass a Tamarcon as he goes on the fields, or uh, maybe yeah, you'll make a Cathay force from the Jade Tower. Who knows? A Dolgan army with just mammoths. Oh my god! <laughs> How cool would that be? Or maybe. Oh, just like a a cav yeah a cav army would just have uh, marauder horsemen chaos knights chariots and the mammoth so yeah. a very mobile chaos force that, that would be um, cool. very much looking forward to seeing your army when it's done oh yes 
yeah, yeah, working on Tamarca now, as I said, and uh, and then I haven't started on the Siege Giant. Well, I have lots of stuff I haven't started on, <laughs> but okay, the things I need to to buy still, um, mammoth plague toads i don't think i will well maybe if i magnetize the riders because i think i will get the ones with the riders on them they just seem to be a bit better <laughs> <laughs> so i guess they could count as both right it's, it's the same model but... yeah and is there anything else than that i think that's all i'm missing at the moment you got all the the characters uh, yeah yeah but i haven't yeah. painted mm. uh, yeah i have i have stuff but i haven't painted all of it but uh... and you're you're like toying with the idea of making that guy in the dragon as well right yeah. that's a good point yes He's the Orbal Vipergut, which is men- he's mentioned quite a lot, but he doesn't have any special rules in the in the rules section. But I guess he's just a Chaos Lord on a Chaos Dragon. And uh, yeah, I talked to you about that I was really hyped about making him. He would be very cool. And then it was like, oh, okay, but what, what dragon should I use, man? Uh, and you gave me a lot of good ideas. I mean, uh, there are some cool dragons out there. And I just, there's so many dragons if you go on, you know, from other sources, right? Yeah, there's tons of different beautiful 3D sculpts out there that you can use. So I'm not really sure, but uh, one idea that's pinned in my head is the 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 old the the chaos dragon that Forge World made, the empire-sized <laughs> chaos dragon or whatever. I mean, I think it's huge, supposedly, right? It's one of their biggest, biggest, baddest. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you would have that, <laughs> and then you have a mammoth, and you have Tamargan, you have like three <laughs> titanic pieces on the battle. Oh, that would be cool, though. <laughs> we'll see just a yeah. couple of uh, kidneys that you need to sell to, <laughs> to afford it but uh, mm. but I have other stuff that needs to be painted first and foremost Tamarcan needs to be painted uh, so yeah would love to hear your ideas about uh, ways of converting Sargoth the, yeah Mr. Yurtsack <laughs> Mr. Yurtsack uh, to ride it on there and uh, yeah I don't know if I, I I guess it doesn't make sense to make other just in case I would possess someone but uh, <laughs> yeah. I would definitely try to do that at least. Because I think if if sometime I would get to play a campaign, it would be so cool to be able to play him as that yeah. before he, is, he gets the tyrant body. So, hmm. yeah, hmm. we'll see. All um, right. I think yeah. uh, that's all we have to say about Tamarcon. Oh, um, if you uh, haven't even looked at this book before, if you didn't even know it existed, just to try and find it online somewhere, mm. I guess, and mm. uh, just uh, have a look because uh, it's just—it's hard to explain how awesome this book is because it's just the way that it's laid yeah. out and yeah. all the, the artwork and stuff. Yeah, it's beautiful, and I mean, now I've—I've I've, great—I've just summarized the story. I've greatly tried to compress all the information there. I've skipped all these extra bits. You know, yeah. every other page you have this little you know box where there's like oh did you know about this group of chaos warriors that joined tabricon you know yeah. blah, blah 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 and or it's here's also, the, the side story of nicholas the brave and then you have a little short story about someone it's also hard to hard to say how good it is because like you can you can tell like a story was bad but it's it's written very well as well so yeah. uh, alan bly uh was like an incredible writer mm. and uh, just a great book Yes, so go and read it. Uh, and that's it for this episode of the Don't Lose Your Owl, was it? What was it? The one's the... Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, goodbye. See you later. Goodbye.